Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ to Roll podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, 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 what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. We got a special, special guest. This guest has had like 20 years in broadcasting. He's the co-host of Hot 97's Ebro in the Morning, mm-hmm. co-host and co-founder of one of the first hip-hop podcasts, Juan Epstein, with our favorite Boricua, right? Yes. Cypher Sounds. Favorite comedy. You got to say the first or he's going to get very upset. <laughs> really? I, I'm more forgiving, but he's very- <laughs> Is it the first? Because I was is, thinking of- No, Combat Jack was Combat after Jack, us. Combat Jack, yeah. He was after us. Yeah. Oh, Combat Jack was after you guys. Yes, as credited by- Reggie, God bless us. God bless the dead. But yeah, no, no. He he gave us the okay. he gave us the nod. But then when other people say it, they still don't want to give us the nod. Okay, but I understand. Uh, I understand. No, no. <laughs> they, they may not know. They know. So, I stand corrected. Co-host and co-founder of the first hip hop wow. podcast, Juan Epstein, <laughs> with our favorite Puerto Rican, Cypher Sounds, the panelist on the WWE. Yep. Um, he's also self-proclaimed himself. The most knowledgeable figure in hip hop. I don't know. And we're actually going to put that to the test today. Today. Oh, really? A little well, bit. I hope it's not about anything post uh, 2003. No, 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 no. And you know what, man? You either hate him or you love him. And we yes. happen to love him here at the yes. World yes. Podcast. We want to welcome DJ PMD, a.k.a. Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, oh, the first WWE champ we have on the podcast. Wow. Oh, wow. 24-7 right. champ. Thank you. That Peter was Rosenberg. Another highlight. Guys, thank you. This is super cool. Ever since <laughs> Saif told me he did the podcast and how good it was, and I started following you guys, I was like, oh, this is actually the kind of podcast I'd like to go do. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate it. We appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I'm telling you, just hearing your voice through these microphones... <laughs> It's it's a little chilling because I would hear it on the radio in New York, and yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you got to hear this right here with us. Yeah, I'm getting like chills, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's bugged to hear because I, I um I so I dreamed of that for so long to be a voice on Hot 97. So now when I think about how many years it's been, and to think that I've been, you, it's very hard to step outside and see yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and be like what you are to other people. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, but my voice. Like, I meet people who are 25 years old, and they say, I've been listening to you since I was a kid. And I'm like, shut up. And then I do the math. I'm like, oh, no, you were 10 years old. The first time I heard you, I was 14, 15 years old. Wow. How old are you guys? 33. Wow. 43. 45. You're 45? Yeah. 52. 52. Asian don't crack. <laughs> Asian or black don't crack. Yeah, unfortunately, anything short of that, we're cracking. <laughs> Yo, so DJ PMD, right? Where'd you get that name? Because it's... I, we did a little research. That was like your DJ name in, in college, but Molly Mall gave that shit to you? Mm-hmm. It's, it stands for what? Peter from Maryland. Peter from Maryland. It's a very generic, but also now kind of cool story. Um, this is real. This, this is, is real. real. And, it was, and it was really, really my name until Hot 97. I mean, it was really the only thing I went by in the DC hip hop scene was PMD. And like, um, I... I yeah, it's crazy that it's been now so long that it's not my name. Yeah. Um, but basically, when I was a little kid, um, we were visiting New York. My brother was uh, in, you know, he was the one who was really into like hip hop and listening to the radio. And we were listening to Marley Marl in control or sorry, the uh, operating room, whatever the. No, it was in control of Marley Marl. The show was in control, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, I didn't know if I was just confusing with the album title. No, no. So, yeah, in control. <laughs> we were listening to in control and um, on BLS. And Marley did a contest for the new EPMD single, So What You Saying. Wow. Right. Damn. By the way, this is it was a giveaway of the cassette. 
which is hilarious. That, that was even a condom. <laughs> the cassette. You know, it costs more to send the cassette than to <laughs> go buy it. <laughs> so um, when he's doing the contest, I, I called up and I won. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And, uh, and I gave my, they say, hey, hey, you know, that, that feeling when you get through to the radio and it sounds all chaotic, you hear yeah. like the beep. <laughs> Hey, what WBLS? What's your name? And I, you know, I give my name, and they say, "Oh, you won the you won the contest. Give us your information." And I said, "Hey, my name's Peter. Blah blah blah. My address." I, I said, uh, "Give him my address. It's Chevy Chase, Maryland." And Chevy so I, Chase. And so they go through. Exactly, that's a whole other story. So they go through, <laughs> and when they're shouting out the winners, because they gave away like you know five cassettes or whatever it was, and when they get to me, um, they go, "Shout out so and so from Brooklyn. This one from Queens." Shout out to, yo, shout out to PMD. Oh, no, they go, shout out to Peter from Maryland. They go, my man called long distance. Of course, I wasn't long. That's not how it works. There was no streaming back then. I was, I was in Queens at the time. But so that was it. Once they said Peter from Maryland, I was like, oh, that's going to be like my rap name. I was only 10 at the time, but I was like, that's going to be like my rap name. And I kept that as my DJ moniker all the way until I got to Hot 97. And uh, what Ebro hired me, he was like, uh, he was like, your name should not be PMD and generic. <laughs> like, your name should be your name should be Rosenberg, you know. And obviously, he knew what he was doing. He understood that there was something to that. Yeah, you know, which is funny because I recently had this like whole back and forth. Uh, actually, it was a more of a positive conversation with Lord Jamar, where like we finally like discussed his many qualms with me over the years most of which were ridiculously unfounded once we actually went through them all. Mm -hmm. It was actually quite satisfying. Um, <laughs> Checkmate. But, but one thing that he pointed out was that he, he, he found it sort of, he sort of found the audacity of my name in hip hop to be annoying. Like you didn't even think you had to like come up with a cool name. Like you, like who do you think you are? And it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, a it's a, it's silly on several levels, but yeah. B I'm like, that wasn't even me. That, was I, that wasn't my idea. That was actually Ebro's idea, idea to call me by Rosenberg. Now, listen, I, he was right. It was generic. That's like, that's like Carlos Mencia's argument. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you changed your name. He's like, I didn't name myself. So, yeah. Mitzi did. That's <laughs> is, that tr is it true? Yeah. Yeah. His, his name was like uh, something corny, right? Yeah, he has like a, a real like like Edgar or something something crazy. I heard like this that. recently, and yeah, it, well, Mitzi was like, "No, your name from the comedy store." Uh, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. she was like, "No, Carlos Mencia," because at that time it was like you either a Mexican comedian or you're nothing. They didn't care that he was yeah what He's Salvadorian, yeah. El Salvadorian. He's from so she just was like Carlos Mencia. That's your new name, and everyone wanted to be at. Um, the comedy, the comedy store. Everyone wanted to be at the comedy, comedy store, store so they were just like, fuck it, my new name. Well, at least my new name was my old name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your original <laughs> name that your mom gave you. Yeah, exactly. Is that when you fell in love with radio, kind of, a yeah. little bit? I mean, that was the beginning. Those um, With New York radio. Those days listening to the to the radio and really discovering hip-hop, you know, as it was happening. Yeah. Um, which I feel like so blessed to have done. Like, it was such a unique experience. And at that time, like in Maryland, where we were growing up, it's not like everyone was falling in love with hip hop. Like yeah, yeah. it was slowly emerging, but it's not like everyone was up on EPMD where we were at. You know what I mean? Or Eric B and Rakim. Like it was actually like this unique, interesting thing um, that I've sort of it's it's changed so much over time. Like I used to be an anomaly. Like yeah. I used to be like. Yo, there's this white boy. He knows so much about hip hop, and it was like a, it was really like interesting in school. Like people would be like, "Oh, you're into hip hop. You got to talk to Peter. 
He's the one who's really into hip hop. And yeah. I, it's part of why I wanted to, I think, get continue to be a part of his. I liked that feeling of yeah. being the person who was like really into something and knowledgeable. So yeah, that was the beginning. And then there was sports radio that I love too. Like as a medium in general, I find radio and, and audio because now it's all the, it's all the same shit anyway. Yeah. But it, I find it to be a really um, warm medium. You know what I mean? Like right now we're recording this sitting here, but when people are hearing it, they're doing some part of their day and this is a very intimate thing for them. We're either in their ears at the gym or as they're walking to work or they're in the car with their family. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it allows you to, to play a really cool role in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was sort of the beginning of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of crazy how you just become a part of their routine, their yeah. daily routine, especially if they listen to you like on the radio every day, every fucking morning. Yeah. You know, they just hear that and your voice and like your voice becomes a part of their whole their whole life, their life. I know, and, and I and I get it because listen, I'm I'm a I'm a fan too. Like yeah. I still I, I I like I have phases with Howard Stern depending on if my car has free Sirius or not. <laughs> so when I get a new lease yeah, and it yeah. comes with the Sirius, the first six uh-huh. months or a year, I'm back, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll end up and then I'll end up being like fuck it, and I'll pay, and it'll run for like you know five years. Get a new car, it doesn't have Sirius, I'm I'm out again. Mm-hmm. But over the since I was you know a teenager now. I would say like over half those years I was I've been very into Stern. I come in and out. Yep. And I I really like I get people's connection to what we do. He's still the best too. Yeah, he's yeah. still the best. Like listening to what he does, he's still the fucking best. Yeah, well I just think that their ability to fuck off. So here's my my hot take on Howard. Yeah. And it's not I don't think it's that hot a take, but it'll be perceived that way. The most overrated thing about Howard are his interviews. Like everyone's like Howard Stern is the best interview. You have to do Howard. I would say his segments. I'm going to say, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It's it's, his interviews. Honestly, he's, he reads all the research papers he's given. Yeah. And then he often gets things completely wrong and leads them into directions that they're like, that's not what I was trying to say at all. Yeah. He'll force an idea. Like I would feel like if I were you, I'd hate the, so it was blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, I don't remotely feel that way. Now I'm not saying it's like horrible or anything. It's, it's pretty good. But that's not what makes him the GOAT. Like, to me, it's really when they don't have a guest and it's just them on an hour of doing news. Honestly, it's during Robin's news that Howard's the best. Interrupting, going into weird fantasies, Mm -hmm. changing directions, picking up a call and going a whole, like playing characters with people. Like, to me, that's where he's brilliant. There are a lot of people who do good interviews and he's he's among them. But Mm -hmm. to me, his calling card is just that fucking around shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always wanted to emulate is like my shows when they go off the rail. Like that's what I truly enjoy doing. Were you trying to do that early on when you were on like DC radio kind of like you were doing skits and stuff? That's isn't that how Ebro found you? Well, I was doing video skits. So video skits. So I was doing YouTube skits and that's how I got discovered. My my radio stuff was. It was all stern light, you know, bullshit. I was actually my my first big break. Um, I did. I was an intern for Tigger um, of of Rap City fame and just DC legend hip hop wow. legend fame. I was Tigger's intern at WPGC ninety five point five, and then I was taught the boards by the great DJ Flex. I mean, y'all are DJs. You probably know his record Water Dance. It's like it's like yeah. one of the best DC sure. records ever. Yeah. Um, Flex taught. I me. mean, you're in, in the city of Go Go, right? There. And it's yeah. it's a Go Go anthem, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Flex, Flex used to play it a lot. Yeah. Flex used to play cause he, cause, um, uh, Flex, DJ Flex starts water dance with, 
It's on fire tonight. Mm -hmm. And like Flex used that. Flex used Funkmaster Flex used to say that. Mm -hmm. Funkmaster Flex put DJ Flex on two of his albums. Like DJ Flex is his own thing. Saw him today because he's here for the fight. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a wonderful run in. I hope my fiance, I want to get to introduce my fiance to him because he was super special to me. So I work at WPGC. The water dance was big in New York, too. It was, yeah. yeah oh, big. Yeah, definitely. Huge. Wait, are you guys from New York? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're both from New York. We yeah, from yeah. New York. He's I'm from, from LA. LA. I'm, from, I'm from like Manhattan, Uptown, and okay, he's good. from the Bronx. Oh, okay. This yeah. is important context. I'm yeah. sorry I should have asked that soon. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, Flex used to run the water dance. Like, yeah, yeah. It was on a regular Saturday night shit, and he threw it on 60 Minutes of Fun. I mean, I was like a backpacker at the time, so I would be like, you know, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like... Play fucking, you know, Black Moon or some shit. Right. And he would use it as like a bridge record. <laughs> yeah. He would use it as like a, you know, get from that to then maybe a Crooklyn clan record yeah, yeah. or like whatever. But no, like mm-hmm. I still, like later on, I appreciated the fuck out of it. I was like, oh, the water dance is hitting. Oh, it's yeah, so hard. Then you start going to clubs and you're like, yo, this shit, you start see people dancing mm-hmm. and shit. You're like, yo, the water dance is hitting. You know? uh, it's, it's, All that shit that I hated was like hitting. And then I, well, I used to always play it. One of my, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into more DJ shit, but like, I used to always play it with Mary J. Blige remix because mm-hmm. uh, the, the the Real Love remix because it has the Clean Up Woman sample. Right, it was just yeah. a great way to... And then, to, you, and then you would go into the do-do-do, uh, call fire. Oh, I love... I lo- I lo- and it was the remix one with the Clean Up Woman sample in that. Yeah. Remember that? The uh, Zulu chant. The Zulu chant. Fi- the Zulu chant. Again, yep. fire. Yep. Love yeah. Zulu chant. That was like That's the classic, go-to man. record at that time. Yep. By the way, yeah. Flex, I mean, I don't know who... I wasn't in the clubs, so I don't know. But for me as an outsider... Flex created so many back to Funkmaster Flex. He created so many mini routines for DJs that you would just hear him play like, oh, he plays those break records every time. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play those break records every time. Yeah. Or like throwback records. My whole throwback set was I remember there was bootlegs that were straight up just the records Flex would play. Like I have one bootleg that was bounce rock, skate roll, yeah. um, Frankie Beverly and Maze. Um, like outstanding, like all of his shit that he was just hitting, it would be A side and B side, all the joints you need. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I got my start at WPGC and I got uh, eventually after going to a small market, I came back, I did uh, overnights. Did that for a while, did weekends, uh, filled in every time slot, eventually got fired. And when I got my first break, it was at a talk radio station uh, in DC, uh, 106.7 WJFK. And at that time, Howard was the morning show. Really? So Howard was mornings, and then I ended up getting, I replaced these cats named Ron and Fez, who left for Sirius. I took their slot at night for a while, did six months of that, and that was some of the most, I've recently been reminiscing through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I found like a mini diary of mine. Wow. And (laughs) the diary ends when I got the job, but that led me down a path of like looking through old emails and like kind of trying to figure out what my mindset was. And actually, if you ever really want to bug out, and I should not tell anyone this, but like these kids, these high school kids actually came and made a documentary about me. And it's on my YouTube. It's the first videos ever put up on my YouTube page. You go find it. I'm not telling anyone about it, but it's there. It's a five part. It's a five part doc about five me. Parts? Yes, well, it's like, like twelve minutes each. Like 12, ten minutes. Each. Someone called Netflix. Netflix. Someone called Netflix. <laughs> Shit, yeah. that's a long time. It's like genius. Hour. It's like genius. We sure. had to cut it down from forty hours. No, it's like it's like forty five minutes or something. But it, I'm crazy in it. Like I, I really, I really was wild at that time. And like I would use the show to just hit on women and like be like how I want to be like Howard. Except right. I was single and young and didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, I would talk about politics, talk about sports, talk about all kinds of shit. 
they eventually gave me a midday show. I went from doing the night show where I was wilding to then they put me on 10 a.m. to noon and I preceded the Bill O'Reilly show. <laughs> so like i changed it changed my style i had to be like now like a more like political talk yeah um granted i was still like the liberal political talk but still i had to talk about like issues did you like have to change your voice to like corporate voice i did you did i know i naturally somewhat did we all have a corporate voice right yeah, yeah. we all do yes <laughs> i, I want to i, I want to hear your night voice the night the night show voice and then i want to kind of hear I, honestly i don't i don't think i can give you Either voice, I think they're both, <laughs> they're both gone. You get the they're 97 gone. Voice. But if you listen, but if you listen to me on Hot 97, everyone always like says to me, uh, I get that as a an insult from time to time. You yo, they'll call like the ESPN show and they'll be like, guys, Rosenberg sounds way different in the morning. He tries to be someone else. Yeah, I do. I I I do talk somewhat like the people I'm around. I think that's relatively normal. Yeah. Um, I think code switching is like this thing that's seen as like terrible or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a human. Like when you hang out with your boys, you talk one way. When you hang out with your grandmother, you talk another way. Like right. yeah. it's sort of life. When, yeah. When you're talking with your boss or when you're talking at an interview, you're going to talk completely different ways. Yeah. So if I'm in a room with three hip hop heads. Yeah. And, and then I'm in a room with two over 50 white sports talk guys. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to sound different. Like my voice quality. You may hear. In both, you will hear, both exist in both. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are times when I'm on Hot 97 where I sound very much like I sound right now, like super nerdy and broadcasty. Yeah. And then there are times when I sound like we're clowning on each other. And I'm, ha- you know, it's just, it's just situational. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also come from a generation where we had to do that a lot more. And it was like deemed acceptable. Yeah. Because, like, yo, you had a corporate voice. We all had a yeah. corporate voice. We all have voice. a course, yes. Yeah. We all had that shit, but now like they don't, they don't, they don't want to do that shit. Let's see how it works out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to see. Uh, (laughs) I I have become that old guy now who like really, like I fight against it because I don't want to seem like that guy, but I so don't have respect for like so much of the way the generations below us see trying to get on. Like I, oh. I can't even lie about it. Like I can, I, I do lie about it. I'll be like, no, give everyone a chance. But in reality, I'm like, Fuck that was me. your morning show voice. No, that right was the <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's my afternoon voice. Afternoon voice. No, it's but the ESPN um, talk. The, the, the like, uh, interning for free is disgusting. That's like slave labor, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I should be paid. Uh, Yo, know, those conversations get me so incredibly tight. Yeah. yeah. The idea that if you're 18. Generally, I'm not speaking about everyone. Like the geniuses pop up. I absolutely. By and large, if you were like of my, let's say you were of my talent level, that's all I can speak to. Mm-hmm. The idea that you would contribute anything worth pay at 18 years old is fucking absurd. Mm-hmm. What you can contribute to me is the ability to learn while being here and go move our fucking cars and go get food and come back. <laughs> That is, and they're like, that's not learning. And I'm like, nope, it is. You will get to the steps then where you, what, you think you just show up at 18? They're like, yo, put me in front of the mic, dog. I'm ready to go. No. I just don't, I, I I do not understand. Like, I get why they're making the argument. It's sure, it sounds really great, but like, fuck out of here. I do not know anyone who got good at a craft who was really able to contribute in a way where they should be making a salary when they were under 22 years old. 
I, show them to me. Uh, maybe they're out there, but I don't know. I it think wasn't you're being me. nice at 22. Yeah, 22 is nice. Yeah, you're being too nice. I think it's like 25, 27. <laughs> you yeah, I'm trying to think of when I got beyond hourly money. Like, I don't think I made anything beyond hourly. When I was yeah. doing college, when I was doing radio on the air, commercial radio in D.C., up until I got the talk show, which was when I was 25, up until that 25, bro, it was like started out like seven an hour, and then I was getting by the end maybe like 12 an hour to host on the radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, that's what the game was. It's because also like, you know, creatives back in the day, it wasn't like, it wasn't a, a thing for motherfuckers to get paid doing anything creative. No. So everyone just looked at you like you were a psycho if you wanted to DJ Beyond as a career yeah. or you wanted to paint or do anything. It's normalized now. Everyone's kind of getting paid well, and know, I'm glad for all this creative are, work. And, listen, but, and I was I was privileged, you know, and I, I don't ignore my privilege in that it's easier to work for nothing if you come from a little something. Absolutely, that's true. But the fact of the matter is, these times that I'm talking about where I wasn't making anything, while I may have had the security of parents I could go home to, and I did have that, like if I needed to run home, I could have. Mm -hmm. I was living on my own. I was already out surviving, hustling, making money in clubs, DJing. So I could do the radio shit that didn't pay. So you would you would actually spin in clubs and shit. That was my. That's how I made my. That was how I basically survived from like, um, you know, uh, end of college, uh, for four years, three four years. That was my bread and butter Tuesday. Like your early twenties, right? Yeah, my early twenties were to twenty eight. Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A lot of times Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was out. You know, I how was. Much, out. How much were you making at that time? Um. I'm just curious. No, let me try. I, I believe I, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying I was like 200 a night. Damn. Was you DJing in New York? No. This no. is Maryland? This is Maryland. This DC is all Maryland. Maryland. And this yeah. is from what, 10 to close? Like, yeah. But you guys close at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m.? Uh, right? Two on week. It would be. Two on the weekdays, 3 a.m. on a Saturday or Correct. Right? So, yeah. so it would be on Thursday night, I'd be done at 145. Yeah. On, on Saturday night, Friday night, I'd be done at 245. I'd get, yo, bro, I'd get there. I get there, eight nine eight thirty. You know, I throw on a couple CDs. I pop in some CDs and just go like sit at the bar and talk to the dudes who ran the place. And then you know, nine thirty nine forty five, get in the booth and start and go for four hours. And what, was you popping? Was you like? Was you well, I was in the popping spot at at my school. Yeah. So so basically, I went to University of Maryland where I was a college radio DJ playing underground shit. During the four years where I was in college, I would DJ occasionally. Like, I'd get hired to do a frat party. I'd do this random underground hip-hop event, and I would DJ on my radio show. And then towards the end of college... So you had all the records, so you was good. Oh, I... You had all the records. What? Yeah. By the time I was... By the time it was the end, oh, I was fucking lit. I had... What songs was popping when you was DJing? I want some, like, deep DC, like, Maryland cuts. That was yeah. him. Oh, the shit that was working. For yeah. Well, I mean, so, that's going to be go-go cuts. Yeah, all those go-go mm -hmm. shit, right? Yeah, I mean, but I didn't play a ton of go-go in the club. Like, this was a college club, yeah. so it wasn't a lot of D.C. people. Mm. So it's a lot of New York people, honestly. So mm -hmm. it, that played well for me <laughs> because, like, my interest would be to play Mob Deep and 50 and stuff like that. And that worked at the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mar Maryland's got to be... Maryland, I don't know about now. When I was there, Maryland had to be 40% New Jersey. You know, 35. Really? Yeah, it, it had to be. Between northern Pennsylvania, northern New Jersey, and New York, 
it felt like half the school, honestly. And then like the other half was Maryland and then like sprinkled in Florida and, and random other places. So I would get away with playing a lot of New York stuff. Um, but man, this is the, this is the, this is the jaw era. This is the 50 the fab, era. Fabulous era. Fab yeah. little Mo era. Those <laughs> rang yeah. off crazy. All those singles. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I went through the, the development of technology at that time though happened while I was at that club. It was it was called Lupo's in College Park and these kids I know owned it. They were like a few years older than me. Had some money somehow. I don't even know how they had money. The older brother and they had this club and it was the spot three nights a week where everyone went out. All the hot chicks went out there. All the football players went out there. I met my ex-wife there. Like it was, it was the spot, you know? And it was, it was a, it was a scene. And I would, I would start it out with turntables. I brought my turntable. I would have to bring my turntables there. Damn. I believe I brought them every time. Did they get me some eventually? That sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. And then I, and then I had a trunk. I, I left because I was doing it so often. I left my party records there. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations. We all did that. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a move. Oh, yeah. If you had a Definitely. regular spot, you eventually want, you're like because you, you wanted to leave and like if there was a shorty, you wanted to leave with the shorty and not be stuck with. Not like, bring your trunk yeah, with exactly. exactly. All, these, all these records. <laughs> so your baby hold the other hand. So I went straight up old school like sleepaway camp trunk full of records that I would yeah. lock, and then people would come and chicks would fucking stand on it and start breaking it, you know. Yeah. And then because because my my um my setup there was lifted, it was like a little stage. The DJ, the DJ booth was above the floor, and so you'd go around to the back, and then you had to step a big step, like you could bust your ass kind of step up mm-hmm. to where the, I stood. So like <laughs> the amount of nights that like I'm helping chicks get up there, you know, because they all wanted to be up, they wanted to be up in the DJ booth and see over like girls in clubs have a tendency to want to be, <laughs> and so it started out with the records in the club, and then during that time I saw it go to CDJs, mm-hmm. and then by the end it was beginning of Serato. That was literally like that era. Um, and were you comfortable with the CDJs or not? You were like, oh, I went, Psh, what was I comfortable <laughs> when they said, when I realized, when it clicked in my, I, I, so someone at WPGC had one, an incredible DJ um, who doesn't get his credit at all, but um, sort of because he's all over the place. I can't say it's even the world's fault. He's, he's sort of an all over the place kind of guy, but he was a pit bull. You may have heard Flex shout him out back in the day. His name is uh, the Funk Regulator CeeLo. DJ CeeLo. The Funk Regulator CeeLo. Nice. I mean, one of the cleanest fucking DJs of all time. Such So good in every regard. And he had the CDJ at PGC. And I, I like saw him fuck with it. I was like, what the fuck? You, like, the first time I saw a, CD, a CDJ scratch and make that sound, I was like, oh my God. Found out they were like a thousand dollars each. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm saving up. Done. I have to do this. When it really clicked, when I was like, wait a second, if I have any song, I now have doubles, mm-hmm. and I can just CD burn. burn two CDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bruh, it changed my life. So I bought these two little. I went to. Um, I saved up. I got them, 
Actually, no, they may have even fronted me. They may have even fronted me in my club to get them because I was like, I need to get these right now. I'll pay you back. Like this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. They started out they at I think they retailed at nine ninety nine to start. This yeah, is the yeah. first ever CDJ. One of the great. One of my great regrets is that I great regrets overstating a bit. <laughs> I sold them the second I got a radio job. I fucking sold them, and I wish I had the original. I think CDJ it was the CDJ eight hundreds, right? No, these are the one thousands. These are the one thousands. Yes, the one thousands were first. The eight hundreds, I believe, were the ones they like weren't quite as oh, good. Cheaper they version. were cheaper yeah, yeah, yeah. The They're 1000s ones. were sturdy. Yeah, yeah. The 1000s were honestly they were the 1200 of the CDJs and to this day. Yeah, they're the Like even if you even my Pioneer 1000 that I have now, the SRT, yeah. that's basically CD they're CDJs. Yeah. It's the still 1000s that are basically built in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go out and get like two I went to Home Depot and got like two drill cases. Yeah. Fit the CDJs perfect. Had a little thing on top where I put the plug separate. Boom. CDJ fits so clean. And I would now, instead of fucking records and needles and turntables and everything, I would throw on my backpack. In my backpack, I had the headphones, maybe two books of CDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I would just hold both CDJs in these light ass, relatively to turntable cases. I mean, is there anything more fucking heavy than a flight case? No. The no, worst, not the worst no. item I mean, ever made. 45 pounds. <laughs> exactly exactly moving. No, in fact, I, I want to say right now, if anyone's listening, whoever was behind the technology of flight cases is the dumbest creator of all time. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no way. I understand you need to protect the turntable. Believe me, I do. I'm a there fan. had to be a better way to do it than those fucking flight I, cases. I hated the, the flight plate. <laughs> I hated the, the long ass ones that had the two oh, turntables. Tables, the yeah, coffins the coffin? were the worst. The those, yeah, those were the that. fucking worst. I used, to, I used to always think I wanted a coffin because no. of like juice and shit like that. No. And then when I eventually, tr- I eventually saw like tried to lift one up. I was like, "What the fuck? How could you do this?" So, and then trying to get that shit in a car was the worst. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And then the mixer might not fit. And you got, anyways. This so the CDJ was a. Uh, now I thought once I realized I could just burn CDs, and you know I'm sure at that point Sif like. Went through, I know he did, and he burned the most organized CDs of all time. Yeah. My shit was disaster, but it worked for me. It would be like, I don't know if you guys did this, it would be like March, March, March. and I'd have 15 songs on it. And then the next month, I would just keep making new CDs, and I'd have to remember in my brain, there was no database. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I would just yeah, be yeah. like, <laughs> uh, it's the one that says PMD songs, March, uh, and, but it worked, and I knew Everything would be in order too, so you can just go flip through and get the songs you needed. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Wait, so when you went to Hot ninety seven, you completely abandoned like your DJing, like uh, of- you mean in any in any sort of sort of like club way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Party rocking way in any regular way. I mean, I've had my I've had regular. No, no. I, let me not because I'm thinking like if you went to Hot ninety seven, you must have wanted to be a mixer, right? You wanted to have a mix show. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be like Flex. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like do the, oh, I, do the I, clubs and shit. Yeah, but did you have to like- I just band? wanted to mix show though. I mean, yeah. like, you know, which I still have. I wanted to mix show bad. The club part, um, I didn't aspire to it. It was always a means for me. Like, it was a means to an end. Don't get me wrong. I have nights DJing that I fucking, uh, that I have loved and that have meant a lot to me. But it wasn't like something, I never thought about like, Oh my God, that feeling when I look up and I'm rocking the crowd. Like, I've had those nights and I'm like, I love this and I feel like this is my, I, I feel like I found my people in DJs. Yeah. <laughs> but my calling was to be doing it at a radio station where I'm talking and playing music. Yeah. Um, although I will say, Sife shits on my DJing always. 
And well, of course, yes. <laughs> always. And don't get me wrong. Relative to some of the mixers that I work with at Hot 97, I am ass. But when it comes to like actually playing a party for the crowd that I'm there to play for, yeah, yeah. I I love myself as a DJ. Like Sype doesn't actually ever been to a gig of selection wise. Yeah, selection. I love my and, and even like and even like I'm very and I'll be pretty clean too. I don't try. Like I don't try to be. I don't work hard enough with the mixing at a party to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Sife has heard me try to mix and try too hard and knows that I can be trash. He's never seen me at a wedding when I'm like not trying to fuck up anyone's wedding. I just want to rock out yeah. and fucking murder. He's never been there for that. He's only for the train wrecks. He's only there for the train wrecks. <laughs> you're, you're getting married, right? Yes. Who, who's going to DJ your reception? Sife is doing a set. Did he do your your last? He did. He did a set at the la- he did a set at the last one. Tony touched in my wedding though. Oh Ooh, nice. no, shit! Tony, nice. touched Tony touched in my wedding first time, and Sife did like Sife jumped on and Sife hosted. Um, this time though, it's all Sife. No, this time I'm marrying a girl from Queens. Mm. I re- here, this sums up the difference between <laughs> my my first wedding and my second wedding. Yeah, uh-huh. the first rap song I ever had any experience with with my ex wife. And I do like the song, but take it, you'll under, once I say it, it becomes clear. Was Nelly. Yeah. A dilemma. Ride with me. Okay, no, ride, ride with me. me. Oh, Even sure. worse than a dilemma. Okay. Why are you shitting on Nelly, man? The, the, song, the first rap song I ever shared in any way with my soon to be wife. Yeah. Was the song Blueprint 2 off Blueprint 2 by Jay Z. Oh, the snakes. To bring the horns in? Yeah, bring the horns in. Where, I, where she was rapping it on the phone to me, and I was like, I don't know the words to this shit. I don't. Like, she's a real Queens girl who loves New York oh, shit. Wow. So our, this time, it's we're going different level. It's, uh, it's Sife, um, Cast One. Um, yeah. Um, Flex is doing an hour. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then wow. and then I've been deciding on who I want for like the last piece. Might be Mr. C. I'm leaning towards Mr. C. Mm. Mr. C is crazy. He's yeah. so yes. good. I mean, yeah. he's just crazy. And he's my guy. Like I still t- like I text with C almost every day. So like it just feels like that would be cool. But like there's so many people there. Like Camillo is one of the great oh party God. DJs yeah, of all time. Enough is such a great DJ. Another one. Legend. Yeah. So damn, you got to sell this uh, this live mix of your yes. wedding. I know. <laughs> by the way, get, get on by SoundCloud. The way, though, by the way, though, that is a really fun, at least a bonus for the one ep listeners, right? Yeah, like that mix. Yeah, have yeah. everyone record their. I fucking listen to that. Yeah, who yeah. would want to? Yeah. And, and I'm curious to see where everyone goes. Now I feel like some level of pressure because my girl, you know, she loves New York hip hop, and I like feel pressure to like pull out like some someone to show up and perform. Yeah. Mm. And I don't, but I don't feel like dealing with it. Like I don't want to make my wedding feel like mini summer jam, where Dude, I'm sitting there stressing, the, like looking at my watch. You, you don't want Peter Pelosa? Yeah, Peter I, Pelosa back. <laughs> that, that, those were stressful days, bro. Dude, you know. had dope lineups though. I was telling the guys, you had some dope ass lineups. Yeah, those were some. Yo, some, you were like busy, busy. Like you, like I was, I was looking at your resume. You had this is pretty crazy. I went you, for it. You did. You had mixtapes first of all. Yeah. Right. You had the What's Poppin' Volume One mixtape. Yeah. You had the New York Renaissance mixtape. Yeah. And you didn't. And you had J Cole, Kendrick, Odd, uh, Odd Future, yeah. ASAP Rocky, Action Bronson, Joey Badass on yeah. those. Those are all original songs, by the way. Original songs. Yeah. And then you yeah. on TV. You, you got to say that loud and clear now with Kendrick. Yeah. That's, that's Kendrick. <laughs> Yo, that's Kendrick. I, I yeah. want to give you your flowers because I heard you break Kendrick in New York. 
Like yeah. you were the first one to play him out there, and I was like, I'm from LA, so we've been seeing him for a long time. But you were definitely in the forefront to push Kendrick. Yeah, I, 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 I did well with Kendrick, and and it and it, it also the Kendrick thing is a gift and a curse because I, I I love him and love them, you know, so much and love the music so much. It also like soured my relationships with people too, because really, why is that? Because people are you would be shocked how much like some of your favorite artists are just. Listen, they're insecure. They're insecure. Yeah. Like all of us are. I shouldn't even say it like a disc because I'm the same way. Right. Yeah. So like when they hear me going, Kendrick's the best, Kendrick's the best. Right. And I'm, and I have a really loud platform. They take that. I get it. If I heard someone every day being like, you know, bootleg Kev is the best. I'd be like, yo, fuck bootleg Kev. <laughs> now seriously, I'd be like, trust bootleg Kev. I'd be like, actually, it's my, he's my friend. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever that DJ may be, I can see how even if you liked the person, yeah. yes. you'd be like, fuck that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, this is a point of time when Kendrick was really like Section 80. Uh, it was, well, I, I, the truth is I first got on him at the on Section 80. So yeah. pause. It was um, Ronald Reagan era was the first record yes. I ever played by him. So it was late. I don't want to make it sound like I was early by LA no, standards because no, 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 no. I wasn't. But by New York standards? Yeah, you were By New York standards. No, nah, Ronald, Reagan, yeah, Ronald Reagan era, clean. <laughs> I had a clean of Ronald Reagan era. That was that was early. If you would have told me, yo, overly dedicated, I would have been like, wow, I'm really surprised. But Section 80 is still early for a lot of people. No, no, it is. It is. Yeah. And then I was doing this whole underground thing where like- Yeah, late with Rosenberg. Yeah, and I still do it. I yeah. still Real late is every Sunday night, midnight to two, and I'm still playing- Busy, man. Underground artists. Stay and, working, man. Stay working. <laughs> well, that, and that's the one that gives no glory. People don't even remember that it's on. Yo. You like, people like, oh, I, I remember when you used to do, I'm like, I still do. No. And I don't get paid for it, and every Sunday, no matter how tired I am, this weekend after the fight, when I get home, no matter what happens, I got to be going through emails to get my shit together to, to put a show on. By the way, you have wow. one of the best legendary Childish Gambino freestyles on that mm. show. Yes, I do. That, yes. that was a that was incredible. That was up there. That was a good, that was a good one. I have listen. It, it's had its moments that were great. Um, I I love that show. I'm very very proud of it. Um, but yeah, man, I've stayed I've stayed busy. It's like that point of that list, bro. I got some shit. I, and, and by the way, like the amount of songs that are actually like, I've thought about trying to put out all of the best of those mixtapes. Mm -hmm. I did a Cypress Hill mixtape that doesn't even get listed, I don't think, but I did a Cypress Hill mixtape where I basically, they hired me to do a tape for them when they were putting out an album called The Uprising. So I did- um, What year was that? 11. Oh, wow. So I did, I did that and I had covers from, you know, I got Jim Jones doing I Want to Get High. I had Yellow Wolf doing I Ain't Going Out Like That. Who? Fu That's one of the best rap covers you'll ever hear anyone ever do. I know Yellow Wolf is kind of yes. gone into a bizarre world, <laughs> but he bodied that. Um, and then I did the What's Poppin' shit, the New York Renaissance. I had Rocky and Ferg and Bronson and Joey and all those people. I, 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 I put my foot in it for a long time. I really did. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I even forgot you was on Hip Hop Squares. You was hosted on, the original I Hip Hop about Squares. That one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, and this is just hip hop. Like, they rewrote <laughs> me. They rewrote me. They, they redid it. And we're like, you know, we feel in in 20, whatever year it came back, 19, this show would be better without Peter Rosenberg as the host. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I did. But um, no, that was Hip Hop Squares was crazy too. Like, and the amount of people that were on that show, and it was just it was an, uh, a sick experience. It didn't go well. Yo, I've done so many. Same as the other day though, I've done so many things that have failed. It's wild. Like we, I, we were kind of talking about the the complex show that, that uh, yeah. 
That's another thing that failed that I loved. That I really was, enjoyed that. That was the cool, YouTube. Though. It was like a late night show. It was like yeah. It's yeah. basically a video yeah. version of his of his hip hop show on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we added, we 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 did way. We did a lot. Yeah, more detail. We tried to like really. We really tried to make it like a full kind of show. Yeah. And like that's not really, even to this day, that's not how the internet's really consumed. Mm -hmm. Like people don't really watch shows that have like multiple different scenes of different things. Like we did it like a straight up variety kind of show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how some of it looked. If you go back and look at it right now, you'll be like, yo, there's some really cool shit on here. It looked like it was a a lot of work. It was a bro in the middle. And I could have made it so much better if I didn't have two other fucking jobs. It was basically impossible. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of that show. Failed. How long did that I wouldn't say fail. I mean, I made some money and we did some cool (laughs) interviews. No, you had some dope (laughs) interviews. There's one thing that I'm proud of. That show, the, the one amazing thing about that show is and it ran from like 2017 and 18, I guess. The really special thing about that show is I was doing it when Mac Miller died. Mm. And we did an hour-long Mac show the week he died. Mm-hmm. And I, I fought with Complex about doing it because they were resistant to making it the entire show. And I fought with them and was like, if we don't do this show, no one is doing it. There's no yeah. place... Yeah. BET or MTV is not going to run a special. Right. CNN, a news channel's not doing it. He will just, you know what I mean? And I was like, and that's my guy. Like, we're doing, we're doing, and for your, gen- and listen, for other people, there may be other people who pass away and it's very tragic and Complex doesn't need to do a whole show. For your people, the passing of Mac Miller needs to be recognized. Yeah. He is a monster star to the people that you're trying to please. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was very proud of that of that show that we did. Yeah. We got we got um Yeah, you were very pivotal on a lot of early acts. Like you if they, they were in a double XL freshman cover, they were usually somewhere around you. And I give you props for that because okay. you're always ahead of the time. Yeah, Mac was Mac was another one too who's uh I think it was it was a hard situation. It was the the timing was hard because it was like pause because like Complex was going through this whole thing with Joe Buttons leaving and being Complex was kind of seen as like just taking advantage of artists and creatives, yeah. And then, like, I think, you know, I, what was what was that academic show with that um, left? Uh, 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 everyday struggle. Everyday struggle was yeah. like struggling, and it was just like <laughs> it was just but, all these weird things with complex going on. But like, they'd gotten know? such crazy numbers too, right? Yeah. Like the the Joe and Axe show got so the numbers were so crazy because they talked so crazy. The little Yachty moment, the Soldier Boy moment. Yeah. They had all these crazy the Migos shit. There yeah, was like yeah. so yeah. much controversial mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. You know, literally, our show was the opposite of anything. (laughs) My show was like, I just want artists to come on, have a good time. We'll talk about things. I'm going to go walk my dog with them. We'll talk. We'll go do this. Me and Rico Nasty went and got our fucking nails done. Like, just fun, late night TV kind of shit. Listen, but I make no excuses. The reason I said the thing about failing is because I've only recently started to, and I mean recently, like in the last couple of weeks, accept it. and appreciate it mm. and instead of being bummed about it realize that's what makes me a fucking g like th- that th- i have failed way more times than i've won right because people think when they see me you know like when i meet other djs and and I, you know even the way you guys greeted me it's like oh my god I, I get the greeting of someone who's successful and i appreciate that but like 
know that you know about the few successes, the few successes popped off. They're fucking great. Mm-hmm. But the hundred failures, there's a hundred <laughs> failures. Like I, there, I've done many things that started and stopped. Oh, I created this. I created that. That didn't work, but it worked for that person. Yeah. Started the Joe Budden show. Budden became a multimillionaire. I've been in it for so many different things. But, but even like Quan Epstein, right? The first hip hop podcast. The foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the foundation. It was amazing. And then you guys stopped. Right when it was blowing up. Yeah, right when he got high. And we only, I only recently figured it out, too. We just, like, we were so set on making it in radio that the idea that we could pivot and be like, no, no, dude, we, oh. need, we need to prioritize the podcast. Right. Prioritize the fucking podcast. You guys would have been like Joe Rogan. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That, yes. You know what? I mean, I hate to, I know, I hate I to put regrets on the table. By, yeah. by the way, thank you and fuck you. He's like, I'm, I'm cool with her. I'm cool with her. Dude, I remember, when, I remember when you announced you, you guys were going to have Rakim on the podcast, and I was so hyped for next oh week God. and shit like that. Yeah. Even the Kanye interview you guys had where he just spoke about truly just hip-hop. I, those shits were... I was in college, and I was like, fuck. Well, we're, we're still... And I, I still do believe that if Saif and I are patient and smart... We will find a home for those classic episodes, and they will live in a way that means something. Yeah, like I, 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 I wanted it to be this year because of Hip Hop Fifty. Like I was like, someone should really invest in like trying to tell the hip hop story through these one ep episodes because mm-hmm. we basically have the history of hip hop in one way or another told yes. through these three hundred or so episodes of the of the show. But listen, I'm patient with it. I'm just happy we're we're still doing it, and I hope I don't sound because I I I often sound like I'm. I think I often sound like I'm bitter. The things that I'm saying about failing, I just really take now with a with a badge of honor. I, I when I said I was going through my old radio show days and going through emails, mm-hmm. bro, I found so many unanswered emails. Like the amount of tapes I sent out, bro. I swear to God, I never I do not think I ever sent out an air check. Which for people who don't know radio is like what DJs send out when they're trying to get an opportunity like to radio. A demo. It's like a yeah. demo. Yeah. And the way you do it is you send a resume and an air check and you whatever. I don't think I ever heard back. Like, I mean that. I don't think I ever heard back. I only got the shot I got because random circumstance and hustle and Ebro saw one of my YouTube videos and like, it was bonus to him that I did radio. He just saw me as like, oh, you do videos. That's cool. Like, it, 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 my point is like, you will not hear back from people. You will fucking fail over and over again and not hear from people. And the other day when I looked and saw how many times I wrote, reached out to people, yo, I saw, so I work for WWE now. Mm-hmm. I, saw, yeah. I saw emails I sent to my boss now that I had no memory of sending from like 17 years ago. But like, let me give I you, was trying, bro. I'm going to give you your props, though, because I remember the I remember, remember the video when you went up to Vince McMahon and asked him for a job. And then a couple weeks ago, I was watching WrestleMania, and I seen you in the front, in the pre-show. I was like, damn, my man finally got his fucking just do and stuff like that. So I give you props for that. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, because I'm a fan. I was a fan of the cheap, you know. Um, cheap heat? Cheap heat and stuff like that. Like, I was a fan of all that shit. Because you were, you were like wrestling hip-hop before it was hot. Before it was I mean, you, listen, were, it's, you it's, it's another it's another it's another one. Yeah. You, you know, like that world <laughs> y'all might not know how big it is. Yeah. But the the amount like the hip hop wrestling crossover thing is a very big thing culturally. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, me I was I it was, was you and Wale. Me and Wale were really the ones who were public and like when we found each other as friends and started talking about it, yeah, we were the first people I knew. Like I started wearing wrestling shirts and in interviews and like Like you weren't right now, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, I was wearing, and I was wearing them in 07, 08, yeah. and was like, I just think this is cool. And it's funny because, like, I don't think I'm thought of as cool. 
Like, I don't think I'm thought of as cool. I'm thought of many things. I don't think people are like that. Oh, that's cool, motherfucker, right there. But when you really look back well, at a lot I, of shit, I, I was admit, doing, you do look a lot cooler in the past few years. Well, I got my like, shit together. I, I, yeah. you, I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't have my shit together. I'm dating a cool New York chick. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was. You know? I was about to say. I don't know if it's if like the Queen shorty kind of fixed you up a little yeah, yeah. bit. Share some flavor too. She got his shape up right. You I know, know, like, right? Yeah. No, that is true. My shape up's gotten way, bro. Yeah. There, you know what? Half the reason, half the reason, shit I I wanted to do didn't work out is because my shape up was trash. Let's be honest. No, no, my shape up used to be terrible. Yo, why do you think like? I feel like you're unappreciated in hip hop. Yeah, you're you like, know. I, I'm glad you feel. I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. So I do. So I no. Um, I feel simultaneously incredibly appreciated. Because it's like you just not. said, you, you you do all these. You say so busy, right? And you and you're like constantly everything. Like I always say that hip hop saved my life. Like I like without hip hop, it's I live and breathe. Almost everything I do is about hip hop. It touches even if I'm watching comedy. I'm absorbing it in a hip hop way, and you know what you know. What I'm saying like where it becomes a part of you, and I feel like you've done so much. You, you've had your hands in so many projects and so many things with hip hop. I just feel like everyone's always like talking shit or you're beefing with you, you or yeah. shitting on. Yeah, I, I like I, recent years been like culture vulture, like you know, and all of this shit. And I know, which came like later, which made no sense. I'm yeah. like, how well, do you come it was, now? It was, it was around. <laughs> it's around the, the whole time when you know. Like with BLM and everyone was kind of saying that well, you that's know, black culture was getting appropriated right, by right. everybody. You know. and, and by the way, it, it's it because you're one of many that got uh, accused of culture yeah. vulture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but I'm but a lot of them deserve it. Let's be honest. Yeah, I remember one day me and Bootle <laughs> me and Bootleg Kev ended up on a thing one day. They they showed they showed um, Vlad, Adam twenty two. Bootleg Kev and me. I'm sorry that that's. I was like, y'all are not even doing. That's a reach. You're not. You're not. You're not even under. It's so frustrating. But here's the thing, I volunteered for this life, and I have been accepted widely, at least by the people who matter. Mm -hmm. I've been accepted mm -hmm. to give my opinions. You know what I mean? And like, there's never been. There was never me before me. And there really hasn't been a me since me, if we're being honest. That's true. A white hip-hop DJ who speaks and gives opinions that are sometimes negative and, like, out loud about hip-hop. I mean, like, there are a lot like there are a lot of people who now approximate it. But in terms of, like, not only are you white and from the suburbs, which has its own things that come with it, and, right, and that, and that I need to deal with because that's my life and I chose to do this, but also you're willing to, like, talk shit and get into it. You're not just an appreciator of the art, but you were willing to call out big people and be like, I don't fuck with this. That wasn't done before me, and it really hasn't been done, done that much since. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen other people who get close to the direction I go. So when you do things like that, do you feel like sometimes you feel like, oh, shit, I should not have said that? Yeah, now I do. I did that. Because I remember, I remember that whole thing with Nicki Minaj at um, Summer Jam when you was on the stage and you was like shitting on her song Super Bass or whatever. No, no, I not Super Bass. Starship. 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 Okay, whatever. Starship. Same shit. You was, yeah. <laughs> he's like, not lying though. He's not lying. I mean, Same you shit. wasn't lying, but didn't you feel like after you said that, you was well, like, he I said, should not have said that shit. Especially he, you, at, you were introing somebody, right? And you said this he was is entering like, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. And you're saying like, it's time for some real hip hop, not like this Starship shit. You know, yes, shit, they're playing over shit. there. Yep, right. and it was streaming on her page. Yeah. Um, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. I have mixed feelings about it. I go back and forth. Like some things I regret saying, 
mm-hmm. you know, that one, I actually have more regret that when I apologized to her, mm. that I had to sit there and just like eat shit from her on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I what, that. I, honestly, that's my regret now. Mm-hmm. I should not have eaten shit because it's 10 years later and I'm not trying to give you guys the viral clip to move around. <laughs> She's literally come out and said, I hate that song. She has straight up said every word publicly except Peter Rosenberg was right. She literally, go look up the quote right now, Google it, hates the song, regrets the song. And I ended up having to apologize. She had to tell me that I wasn't smart, that I was, that, you know, me being a man and me being white and all these things, which by the way, there's, there's some things loaded in that that are valid, of course. But I had to, but that wasn't what my had to do anything with my opinion. And you it, didn't shit on the song. You just said no. I shit on the song. Not I didn't shit on her. Yeah. Like I thought she was dope. You know. I but I did shit on that song. I won't. I will own that. And it was an inappropriate place and time situation. But I shouldn't have had to sit there and grovel over a fucking opinion. And yeah. at the time, it was the only play that made sense. And, you know, I did, I guess I did feel bad. I didn't want to hurt her feelings, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, and she was on our show. I should not have said that. But, <laughs> like, that's you was caught up in a moment because you was in front of a, no, a no, huge it's, crowd. It's, it's, and... Exactly. And it's more than that. I always felt, I always felt probably because I'm white, an extra chip on my shoulder that I have to prove my commitment to hip hop even more. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have I'm to really be willing to it. stand it on stage and yell it with a mic. I have to. It's my obligation to fucking DJ premiere. You know what I mean? Right. Like that I think is like baked into me. And I think sometimes that gets mixed up in my I am a white person of privilege from the suburbs with I came into the station with a little bit of like, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Right. Mm-hmm. I did have a little bit of I did have a little bit of white teenager who says, Go fuck yourself, mom. Yeah. Like that was there was a little <laughs> bit I didn't say that to my mom, but in terms of how I handle myself on the radio, yeah. you know, but but the truth of the matter is, tell me then, who would I have been if I wasn't that guy? Like, how would I have ever gotten the the respect from my colleagues and the artists I admire? How would I have ever really gotten them to pay attention to me if I didn't have the balls to say some things weren't good? That's what I had to do. And God, I praise the stuff that was good, you know, but like like you brought up some of the things I did. I, I got way more credit. I get way more credit for being the asshole than I get for the, you're the first guy who played. Tyler, the creator, Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. Earl Sweatshirt, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Mac Miller. I get a lot more of the, you're such a fucking asshole. And by the way, so many more people that you've never heard of before yeah. who are only around the way people in New York, who the big moment for their career was when I was playing their record for six months. No one no one remembers that part. They yeah. remember the, I remember your beef with Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. I remember your shit with uh, Chuck D or Jay Electronic or whoever all the different people I've had shit with over the years. I forgot about the Chuck D situation. That one I regret. Wait, wait, what's the wait? What's the, what's the Chuck D situation? <laughs> wait, I kind of want to touch Look on. Look, he wrote his eyes. I want to talk about the Nicki Minaj real quick. I think the optics is just bad that a white guy on the mic is like talking about what's hip hop and what's not hip hop and judging Correct. a black woman. Correct. In hip hop and saying what 
she's doing is not hip hop. I agree a hundred percent that it's optically terrible. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So because it's optically terrible, like like black Twitter will destroy you. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I was, I mean, in some ways I was destroyed. In some ways I blew up way more because of it. Like, and people liked Uh it was both, but you know, there was a lot of people like at that time we were like starships is not, you know, that's That's not not hip hop. That's some EDM crossover shit. And like, I remember seeing it at the time and I was like, he's kind of right. Yeah. But, and but it's, way, it's so crazy now because all her catalog is like it's more relevant now than ever. After that, after that whole debacle, <laughs> her next album's her best album. Yeah, was it's the most hip, yes, it's the most hip hop one she ever Pink made, and that's because of yeah. you. I mean, listen. <laughs> You said it. I didn't uh, say yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> we got so we got hip hop has to thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for pink. <laughs> I mean, listen. Yeah. Here's the thing. We can all laugh about it, and it is funny. But the truth is, we can't act like that part of that did not influence where get, she went. Get under yeah. her skin. Yeah. Uh, no. Listen. It, I became know? I became very cool with her for a while after we talked, and I do want to emphasize optically. I do understand why it was bad. Yeah, yeah. But the optics optics aren't always truth. <laughs> like the reality was it was a hip hop DJ yes. saying he didn't like a really dope hip hop artist mm-hmm. making a blatant attempt to go pop. Mm-hmm. That is not a really crazy thing to say. Time and place bad, complexion gender bad, all those different things okay. I hear you. But the actual thing that happened that was just some hip hop shit. And and that to me I always felt that was like sort of what I was raised on was like being the kind of people like DJs, hip hop DJs are about that shit. Like I'm thinking about DJ Premier yelling on fucking interludes on Moment of Truth. Like I'm thinking about Funk Flex calling people out and saying this shit won't stand, this shit is trash, you need to come with more shit. Well, you know, know, all these things kind of define your career, right? Because it defines how, you know, how you started the shit, right? And then how you handled the shit and then how you bounce back from the shit pretty much. Yeah. And it's like everyone just goes through all of that. And and by the way- Especially with you guys in media and and on the radio and shit. Yeah, it's so easy just to point the finger and shit. I'm surprised you don't have more shit, but I want to hear about this Chuck D. No, that Chuck one is- Chuck D was Chuck this. D was more again that was more of me not understanding my privilege. Mm. Early on I would just like talk shit and I got to a certain place of being like I'm on I'm on Hot 97 and I have the microphone and I earned this and I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So basically the short of it is I'll just give you a short non-dramatic version cuz him and I are totally good. It's all good. Right, but right, right. Basically something happened at Summer Jam. He talked about it in some way where it was negative where he took shots at Hot 97. Yeah. I unnecessarily decided to defend Hot 97. I really should have just laid out and let someone else handle that. Again, <laughs> optically bad, just not the move to make. I did it and in doing so, was a dick, was like an arrogant dick. Like I, I said, like, no one made you president of hip hop or something like that. You know? Some dumb dick. Not, not Chuck D, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah th- thanks. Where were you then, dickhead? So, so, so that didn't play well. Right. Um, and I, you know, and this is another thing I'm proud of, right? Like, I, when I make mistakes, unequivocally apologize. It's like not very customary. But like if you literally Google Peter Rosenberg apologizes, many things will come up of me being like, hey, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. And that was one of those things where I just, uh, even if I felt like I needed to defend Hot 97, I didn't need to defend Hot 97 against Chuck D. Like Chuck D is in hip hop a a person, a figure who's beyond reproach. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't my place. 
and it wasn't necessary. So I apologized. Him and I were cool, seen each yeah. other since then, interacted since then. Um, but yeah, that was one that I was like, oof. Well, I've, it's like, is the beef between all you media guys, so like you and like, I don't know, I don't need like, even you and Joe Buttons go at it. Oh no, but Joe's my friend. He is. I mean, he's looked I, out for a, him so much. He's an, And he's looked out for, well, he hasn't looked out for me, but I, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie, because I, I was a fan of the, I'll name this podcast later, and I was telling the guys, I'm like, Peter was there in the first few episodes, like he would come in and then the studio stay like that, I'm like, People don't know that he was there. I think you kind of pushed him into that situation. Well, yeah, he, he, he I mean, he just, I, I heard he just talked about it. I haven't seen it yet, but he was on Drink Champs and he supposedly told the story somewhat. But yeah, that just started, um, that just started on my couch. Me, him, and my friend, um, uh, Marissa. And Marissa Mendez. Uh, me, him, and Marissa. Marissa brought him over, was like, hey, can you help him? We have some ideas. We want to talk about it, blah, blah. I found a studio for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they stayed at that studio for like a year. I listen, I partially blame myself, not partially, I, I significantly blame myself for not being more a part of it. I wasn't around. Like I, I was, yeah, you were busy. I was you busy. Shit going on. But I, but now in retrospect, I wasn't nearly as busy as I am now. I fucking had time to do it. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> relative to now, I had time, but I didn't want to do it. Um, I, I just wanted to like start my like imprint of podcast, but I didn't have the business in order. So if you look at the first episodes of his podcast, my logo's on them. I had a logo yes. back then, and my logo's on there. I'm the first voice of the first episode. You know, and I, I am proud of that because I'm proud of where Joe's gone, obviously. I mean, it's kind of historic. Like, you know, I started the first I started the first hip-hop podcast and the biggest hip-hop podcast. Yeah, he's yeah. number you know? one right now, yeah. yeah he's, I, mean, for, it's, I mean, I don't think... It's tough to argue there's ever been a bigger one. Um, you know, Drink Champs is certainly making their play for it now. But Joe's longevity at this point Consistency yeah. was incredible. Is, is really crazy. But listen, but is that beef- it, it didn't are take you, rocket not- science to know that Joe Budden was good at talking. Everyone knew Joe was a good talker. Yeah. But, uh, the, like when you guys are beefing like you and academics and, and what was that Hollywood Unlocked? Jason, Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Is that like real? Uh, I mean, listen, academic, the academic shit is he, he, he's made it super real. I mean, to the point that I, really? don't, even, I don't even talk about him anymore because- when you just start like publicly violating the women in my life, oh, shit. I, now I can't. Now there's right, no right. stepping. Yeah. Now there's now there's no more conversation. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah, because I was talking with him. I'm like, yo, like Peter. Peter's in like WWE. Is this like this whole WWE? Like, oh, like you know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah, because you guys call like in the same industry. You thought it was scripted. Yeah, <laughs> no, not scripted, but I think no, it's no, understood. Like just having fun. It's like, kind of well. It's kind of like if I mention you in my podcast, even if I'm up talking shit about you, it's still kind of a look. The only person, you know what I'm saying? The only person that I would say it's like that with is Joe. Is Joe? Like if I mention Joe. If I'm if I like him go on with my podcast and say something about Joe being a dick or I tweet about him, I know he's likely gonna respond and I know he's not gonna care. Yeah. Like it's just and it's not a big deal. Everyone else um has been it's real. Somewhat yeah, varying degrees of personal. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> depending it. depending on the level. I'm trying my hardest in this current iteration of my life to not do that. It's not the energy that like matches me as a person. Yeah. So I don't like having it. I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, I don't know if that makes me, you know, like when I beefed with Ak at some point, I then DM'd him afterwards and was like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't want to fucking punch you. I, this dumb shit. 
you know, I basically tried to make it cool. Now, of course, he turned that and flipped it into me, cop and please, and I'm scared and all these different things. Yeah. It's not that. I just feel guilty when I get in. I don't want to be a person who's publicly talking about smacking other adults. Like, I'm. But is that really the only way you can contact them is by DMing? You can't hit up Joe and be like. I, oh, I, would, I wouldn't. And I would, like, yo, can I get Axe number? I want to squash this shit out. You wouldn't do that? Um, I don't know. I mean, he saw my DM. You know what I mean? Like, I, why do I? I don't need to go. I don't need to take extra steps. I sent a note. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I know he's going to see it. The fact of the matter is, like I said, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. That was like, I just never that knew. was like five rants about women in my life ago, where at that point, <laughs> the second that happened, <laughs> like the fact that people, the fact that you could be in a world where you don't understand the line and you take the line to that degree and you know that means now that for the rest of your life, that's going to be remembered. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That is so short-sighted that I'm just like, cool, we're good. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I don't need to mention you ever again. Yeah. Because there's no way, there's no way to respond when someone starts talking about your wife or your kids. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, to me, at that point, you'd be like, what, I'm going to yell louder or I'm going to be threatening? I, you know how many different corporations I work for? I just have to say, okay. That's an interesting choice you've made. WWE just made twelve. Uh, <laughs> WWE just made twelve billion, bro. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, I'm sorry. I, I have a Disney. I, I have a Disney card. Like you guys need to go to Disneyland this year. Like, I got you. Like I, I can't. I'm not getting into frivolous internet beef. And I've made, take the high road. I've made that mistake before. I'm not going to make it again. Listen, there's room for everyone to be successful. I, I probably again. You want to say regrets? There have been times when I took shots at academics I didn't need to take. Mm-hmm. Again, it's me. I can be self-righteous. Mm-hmm. I see something I don't like, and I feel the need to be the one to speak on it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes everyone knows the thing that I think already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to stop it. So all I end up doing is being the one who gets the beef. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to be hip hop? I said to Chuck D. Well, you're the, you're the easiest target. And then I'm the easiest target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no I, real if, if I had to aim at anyone, I'd aim at you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know what I mean? How like, could, yeah. how, you're, you're totally safe. You could say cr- the craziest shit about me, and you're generally going to be pretty safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. why, like, like, I, like I said, it was so dumb all those years ago that I said to Chuck D, like, no one made you president. No one made me president of hip hop. Yeah. I don't need to speak out for every show, DJ, artist who I think promotes bullshit. Let people make their own decisions. I felt like that. I had a cape. I had like a HH cape on my back that hip-hop. was like, I'm going to fight for it always. People know what I do. Promote positive artists. Mm-hmm. If other people want to consume shit that you deem to be whack, mm-hmm. they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to do that. It's not my place. But you are the most knowledgeable uh, figure in hip hop. By the way, that you made that quote. It says, I know what you're talking about. It says somewhere on my Wikipedia page, Rosenberg once said that like he could go head to head with anyone when it comes to hip hop knowledge or something like that. Yes. Well, you know how old you say that, that quote is? Wait, wait, let me go. <laughs> I will go toe to toe with almost anyone in terms almost. of knowledge. Almost. 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 almost anyone in terms of knowledge, <laughs> trivia, and love of this music. And we're going to put that to the test. How right are we now. doing that? You're going to, I come here. I make time during a busy Vegas trip. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. So, uh, you know, John, Jonathan Schechter, Shecky Green, mm-hmm. uh, co-founder of the Source Magazine. He was, he was in Big Man on Campus. Big Man on Campus. BMOC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harvard, Harvard grad, hip-hop historian, founder of Game Records, hip-hop honeys. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. He did Game too. Yeah. 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 Um, so I hit him up and I said, you're coming on the show. 
So he, he lives in Vegas. He wanted to say what's up. Yeah. But he put together a four question quiz. Oh, God. That you can. Wait, wait. wait. For John Schechter? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like. I mean, by the way, I tried to get him here, but he was just too busy. And I told him, I'm like, I just. Wait, wait. wait. All right. So we're going to have you go against uh, Neva here. Our hip hop historian. Neva is our hip hop historian okay. when we go back. He's from the Bronx, <laughs> by the way. Just going to throw out. This is four and, questions. And older than me. Yeah. yeah. Show is Schechter. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a check. So this is a. Uh, Question number one. I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, too, me too. Yeah. If they come, if they, if he asks some shit about like the the treacherous three, I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> well, how should we do this? Whoever knows the answer is what raise their hand or what or just says whatever. The way we do it on on our morning show yeah. is the person says their own name. Okay, so you gotta say Peter. You gotta say Never. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like a buzzer, but just say your name. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Question number one: Who produced Suck MCs? Peter. Peter. Um, Rick Rubin. Wrong. Nope. Larry Smith. Oh, Larry right. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> One for You're keeping and that's score. So, and, that's so, and that was so easy. <laughs> You're keeping score. Number one, Peter Zero. Yeah, Larry Smith. Right. Fuck, that's easy. All right, number two. So I'm, hold on, I got to remember, not get caught up in just saying my name first. That's how we play it in the morning. You have to get your name in first. You got no shot. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. take that approach. I'm going to sit back and think. Here we go. Okay. Uh, what group was DJ Muggs in before Cypress Hill? Never. 783. Yeah, correct. Okay. Wow. <laughs> By the way, 7A3 has come up on one app like four times, and every time I'm like, what was 7A3? <laughs> but you do see the record around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two, By number. the way, he asked me all these questions first. You didn't know. Before he gave me, I didn't know these, these first two. 7A3 is a tough yeah. one. I only knew the last one. Um, Never might have learned that on one app, by the way. Maybe. <laughs> I forgot who brought it up, but someone brought it All right. Question number three from Shecky Green. Um, how did EPMD originally spell their name? Peter. Peter. E P E E M D. Yes, correct. There you go. Two, two one. one. Two one. Oh, I, 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 I knew that one, but you said your name for. <laughs> <laughs> well, never three for three, huh? You knew. Yeah, you know, I know that one. Wow. These, these, I mean, Actually, and that's on the um on the first twelve inch. Yeah. E E P M D. He sent yeah. me a picture of it. So far, the only hard one was seven A three. I mean, I just completely botched fucking Rick for Larry Smith, yeah. but go ahead. Last question. Uh, what were Mob Deep called before they were Mob Deep? Never. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Never. Five, four, three, two, one. Peter, you got anything? Uh, oh, man, I know this shit. I actually knew this. Really? Yeah. Because like you could, act, I, I could tell you their, I could tell you their first single, their first album, me too, yeah. everything. But I don't remember. It is the most backpack name you've ever heard. I, and, I'm gonna, and when you say it, I'm gonna go, oh yeah, I remember that from Prodigy's book. What yeah. was it? Po- uh, poetical profits. Poetical yeah. profit. Yeah, that's uh, two, a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So mm-hmm. two one two one two one. So I win. By the way, <laughs> never. You are now the self proclaimed <laughs> most knowledgeable figure Peter. in hip hop. If you beat the guy who claimed, <laughs> that means you're the new self proclaimed. There you go. And by the way, the whole thing would have been flipped if I just didn't fuck up Larry Smith. It would have been a two one win for me, and I'm celebrating tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That was Icon versus Icon, literally. <laughs> oh, I'm man. Sad. And so I'm, I'm curious because we I know you've been doing this this great thing on Hot 97, which is like a, in celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You guys have been going through every year of hip-hop and picking like the best songs, right, from each year? Trying to, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought it was funny. Like my boy was telling me in New York because he's been listening to it. He's been glued to it. But you, you've been having the like uh, all the New York uh, listeners and everyone in the tri-state voting so you guys would pick the songs. Yeah, and then, did it, we did it then, today, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone would vote for it. And I heard like 
the Nicki Minaj barbs were kind of fucking up the <laughs> vocals. Sabotaging you again. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't involved. Uh, I think my pick may have gotten in anyway also. But yes, Laura brought up Roman's Revenge. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it's not like I don't think Nicki should have a song in the top 50. I was like, how'd you pick Roman's Revenge? Not that it's not even a really good song. I was just like, it's not iconic enough to right. be in that conversation i always i care again here's me making myself president but i did come up with this entire bit so i do have the right to say this i feel like uh every song that we suggest you could legitimately argue listen there's never going to be a proper top 50 it's it's Mm -hmm. insane you you could do a top five thousand, and that would be reasonable Mm -hmm. yeah top 50 is fucking stupid it's just for fun very hard but it's got to at least be ones that you could make an argument for and I think I thought Roman's Revenge was a tough one to make an argument for although she spits on it big time I, I just don't know that I think it's that. yeah I don't think that should have been a pick I would have yeah. nominated Monsters verse <laughs> the one for Kanye West I, I know or even must. Moment Moment for Life would have been a, I know like but a I, I don't know song. Moment for Life's tough for me because I don't like her rapping on that nearly as much as I do on Roman's Revenge yeah. it's like very, was that wasn't even a single right that was just no. the album. wasn't album. Eminem album. on the for, remix wait which Eminem's one? on the reg- original on the yeah, original yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah, it's it's, it's a half M record. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might have taken. There's a bunch I would, <laughs> I would consider. It's hard, man. With the newer artists, it's hard for me. I I I, I lean so much towards the, the old shit that like, you know, I try. Although when we did we did some songs uh, post 2009. Here's what blew my mind. We did a 29 to 2020 thing, and the two songs that went in were Meek Dreams and Nightmares, mm-hmm. which which I think is yeah, totally that's, appropriate. Yeah, that's appropriate. That's appropriate. Yeah. And the second one was J. Cole, No Role Models, which shocked me. It beat like, it mm. beat Sicko Mode. It beat Paris, Jay and Kanye. That's hard. Damn. It there's, beat a lot a, of shit. That song is, uh, there's been a revival for that song yeah. recently. No it's, Role Models? Yep. Yeah. It's it's in like the top one uh, Billboard 100 right now. It's in the top 20 or 50. It's Why? used on TikTok a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm about to yeah. say that. It had to be, right? Yeah. Like first it just, first. Uh, these songs just get back in rotation. So it's either a TikTok phenomena or just like kids are just listening to it. It's so funny. I've just like, I, I love J. Cole albums and never fall in love with his singles. Yeah. That's true. I'm, I don't know I why that, that is. But that, that was one of the... the that's the on the classic album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. on 2014. No, it's on Forest Hills Drive. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the more club playable singles that he does have, which is crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> which makes his career so amazing, by the way. That like that's considered like a big crazy hit for him. You know, that it, well, not considered. It became a big crazy hit. The fact that that happened when you hear it sonically, it's such a testament to how much people so love slow it. and yeah. Did you did you ever see that video where they were kind of saying how Jay Z never had like he never ran a hip hop era in his whole career? You mean a hip hop era? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was never the number one guy for one year. Yeah, he was like never the top G in any one year that he when he was out. I mean, except because because your fifty your um your top fifty you know for uh what you guys are doing on hot 97 yeah it made me think about that video and i was talking with these dudes and we were like arguing i was fighting yeah for like <laughs> i don't know 30 minutes yeah. about it and we were like because i was like hey i'm gonna bring it up with peter and see what he thinks about that shit well it's interesting and if you get into the breakdown of of numbers i understand the argument right like you had 98 was x and this then then 50 comes along and then there's m and then there's this i know the argument but I could also argue that Jay has been essentially the number one guy in rap for like the last 20. 
if you wanted to, in terms of like how, what his name means, you know, how much back catalog he's selling, all the other things he does. So like, it just depends on what you're basing it on. I mean, yeah, did he ever have the biggest project of a year? Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure. 2001 though, that that blueprint to me is is right there in the Classic. conversation for running 2001. Yeah, because they're saying Ludacris was 2001. That's horseshit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love. No, it wasn't it Nelly? Or was it Nelly or? Ludacris? I think it was. Okay, Nelly. so what? So, no, so it was Ludacris. It was area it was. codes and all that. Fucking so either thing. either one, whether it's yeah. Luda or Nelly, no disrespect. Uh, they and I love Luda, and I, I really enjoy Nelly too in in different ways. They had huge years, and Nelly sold a shit ton of records. Of course, I mean, went, I think Nelly went diamond, right? Like he did. It's, yeah, it's fucking crazy what he did. That does. If that's the only thing, see, and here's why I end up getting arguments about hip hop. Because that's just not the only thing. Mm -hmm. Like, n those albums weren't better. Luda, Luda, God bless him, and Nelly did not drop albums that year that were better than Hov's album. So, yeah, they, I guess they ran it because everyone goes right to sales. But you're telling me you sit right now and you're as more likely to throw in one of those albums than you are to throw on the blueprint? Like, I totally agree with you on that. Well, that <laughs> knock that, yourself out. That album had pretty, shit had hits. Area Codes, Roll Out, Saturday, and Move Bitch. Fire. I mean, Move Bitch was crazy. Move yeah, Bitch. I don't see a I don't song. Know about, I don't know about Roll Out. I don't, roll see, a out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't out. see a song on the Blueprint that, was, I don't know about that performed better. Than, than no no song on the Blueprint performed better. Yeah. But which album do you listen to? Which, by the way, like. Well, yeah. I'm a Jay-Z fan. I mean, Blueprint's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. That, that's my and that, number that's, one. That's Luda's second album? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roll Out and Saturday is the second album. What's yeah. And so here's, here's what to me wins the argument. Third but, album, actually. And what's the name of the album again? Word of mouth. It's word of mouth. I don't even think people would immediately remember that's the name of that record. Yeah. Like, unless you're a hardcore Luda fan. Listen, maybe someone from Atlanta would say, no, what? That was everything. To me, those records were commercially successful and Luda was fucking fantastic. But I don't think it should be controversial to say that Jay-Z dropped the best album of 2001. What were the other albums of 2001 that are in that conversation? Are those the only two people throw out there? The ones that were like popping that year. It is still like the biggest selling albums of that year. Yeah, it was those two. Because of course we're not discussing what the other good hip hop albums were that year. Because mm -hmm. like I'm sure there's a couple of things that we're forgetting that dropped in 01. You know, fucking Slum Village may have dropped in 01. Like what? I, there's there's other things that could have dropped in 01 that we're not even thinking about. I mean, uh, that year was pretty spread out it's like a ton of r&b like r&b was just fucking yeah killing. usher was i mean oh, ushers you don't have yeah. to call that's 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 eight thousand one. what the fuck's that album called 8701 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was the year of missy right and that was missy actually john ja rule it. was killing it that year too on one yeah with, uh, and people will say that they're like oh john ja rule ran it yeah. and i'm like okay but like do you still listen to jaw's album that much i mean listen maybe i'm just a blueprint stand but to me blueprint is blueprint's number one for me for jay-z albums I th we were maybe arguing about 98 was it 98 with 98, 98. 99. yeah yeah because we were saying that dmx that was dmx's year he dropped two, two albums, albums yeah. right and then but then we were just saying but i was that, saying like in 98 jay-z had more singles more hit singles than dmx and i was saying there's nothing coming close to rough riders anthem to what commercially what DMX did. I mean, like, Rough Riders Anthem was so huge and just crossed over. But I feel like DMX only had like three, two or three good singles. Like, that year. And I told you, DMX did Woodstock and not Jay-Z. 
Yeah, but the the DMX, <laughs> but we also talked about the DMX second album. Literally had, had almost no that was nothing. It had slip. But that in. was number one. That <laughs> was, was, was right. It went number one, but it didn't have a ton of shit on it. It didn't. Yeah, have. I mean, exactly. I love Blackout. I mean, that to me is oh, like was, the illest. But Jay was on that. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like the illest crew song ever. Yeah, Blackout. Bro. Um, Jay had in '98. Are you counting that? You, can I get a? Yep. Can Which, I get a? And I mean, listen, ain't no had just faded, mm-hmm. and that was. Monster status. Yeah, that was like ninety six, ninety seven. It was oh, it was on ninety six. But, but remember, it was the B side. It carried him basically to the second album, though. Yeah, like that was ain't no came out on Dead Presidents and then blew up months later when the album was out, and that shit rang off basically all the way up to Can I Get Up practically. Nah, after that he had um Volume One, Life and Times the the one that well had, yeah but but the problem well, that, he, well, he tried to come out with the shiny suit. I was gonna say well that's the problem though, with the argument is that. I skipped over volume one for a reason because Sunshine didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but wasn't Sunshine, Sunshine and Can I Get Out almost weren't the exact same time? Because no, Rush Hour, no, when did no. Rush Hour, Rush Hour drop in 97 too, They no? came out the next year. Rush Hour was 98? Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad though. The Sunshine. <laughs> I know. But I, although, I, although that is one but of the- But he did have Streets is Watching on that album also. Yeah. yeah. On the B I mean, side of Sunshine. Watching. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Where I'm from too. Where I'm from. No, no, that album actually in retrospect has joints, even though at the yeah, time- for sure. I wasn't that into it. I was just playing, I was just playing Streets is Watching and the Primo shit. Mm-hmm. It has Million and One Questions. Yeah. Million and One Questions remix. It has Friend or Phone 98. It's just the cheesy songs in that album. But I, but now I love Sunshine, too. That's the funny part. Yeah. Imagine wow. I don't know why. Sunshine was one of those songs that like really grew on me over time. Uh-huh. There was something about the way Trackmasters like, m- took that sample. Yeah. If you listen to it now, if you play that sounds shit good. loud, yo, that shit is fucking uh, crispy. But anything by Trackmasters sounds good. I feel like they have that's the not best. True. No? That's not true. No. No. I heard one the other day, an old 50 record, that it's like, they, they use these weird sounds on certain songs that you're like... They did really well when they reused big shit. Like mm-hmm. yeah. when they took an old sample that was already fired, mm-hmm. they would fucking bring the hell out of it. But yeah. then there's like sort of some other records that they would do that would be like more, the, the original beats or whatever. It just Yeah, like like if it was for D dot or like the the kind of just random Sony trackmaster shit that you can go back and hear. Mm-hmm. I bet even Nas, I bet even if we go through Nas's shit, we'll find plenty of ones that were like, I don't know. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Track Masters was like for me they were like hardly any misses man yeah. during the 2000s they yeah. was killing it mm-hmm. but 98 with uh, with Hard Knock Life there was so many singles off of that you were, yeah. you're, you're right it, about it was, that yeah but I almost feel like it was a New York thing like a lot of those it could be that also translated yeah. more in New York yeah than I mean Money Ain't a Thing was big, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's Bear, all right. Huge. Money Ain't a Thing was huge, and then you yeah, had, it's all right, which is kind of, it was big. It's in New all York. right. It was like a, a great summer record. I remember it that. was. Yeah, it it's all right. Is a, is such a New York summer like, was in the club early yeah. in the oh, night. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yep, that shit'll set it off. I mean, yeah, Money Cash Shows, Jigga What, Money yeah, Cash Shows was huge. huge Reservoir yeah. Dogs, but, but that song didn't age well. Like I hear a ton of people. Like, a lot way, of people shit on money well, then, then, But then you have to have a, uh, a kind of rough conversation, no pun intended. Yeah. Those early Swizz records don't age well. Mm. He, except for Rough Riders. Like, Jigamite doesn't age particularly well. You're not playing that out in a club right now. Not for a long time. Jig, you might hit the dan, dan, dan. I should have that last time. <laughs> <laughs> like you said at the beginning part, dan, dan, dan. And then dan, what you dan, got dan. out. Then I get out of what's the motherfucking name after that shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 
Because it gets hard after a little while. And then, yeah, I never like, I used that. to love my old Swizz set back in the day. Yeah. When you play What You Want and Got a Man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now the, they, they just are. I mean, listen, Swizz was so new. He was a kid. Like, he was messing around. When you go back and listen, the records are great, but they're yeah. tinny. They don't have, like, a. there's not a real depth to a lot of those songs. Really? You think You don't think so? I don't know, man. I feel like they still kind of hit. Like, his drums and shit always I, hit. I, I feel like. I know he had that knock for sure. You listen to the instrumental. I kind of feel like what you're saying, though. Like, play the um, instrumental for Jigamite like right now. Like, he did band for TV, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that shit is. That was, okay, that, yeah. Yeah, that shit is, is no, popping. No, band, band from TV is, is is awesome. That one definitely yeah. holds up. And even that, when you listen to it, though, it has the little cheesy fake scratches in it. Yeah. All of it was still. You're, you're talking about, like, Eve got a man, then I hate, the, mm. dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and then yeah. I think he did, like, maybe, like. And it did what you want. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was that, that was funk. That was that 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 lasted better than God. I think a man. that sound, yeah, yeah that's on it. I know what you mean by God a man with the Triton. Everyone was just on the Triton keyboard. Tambourine, yeah. tambourine lasted a little bit longer. That's later yeah, though. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. That I mean, his little... later shit was knocking. Wait, the later out, shit, all that huh? shit. Yeah, oh yeah, once he gets like to the next album, yeah, it's yeah. me, bitches, is still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, now you're yeah. Once he gets there, he's fucking out of here. But like he, well, how old was he? If we do the math on how old Swizz was when he did all those early X and J singles, he was 18, 17. I'd say 17. Yeah, yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. yeah, so like a lot of them were just the keyboard, right? He was using the basic preloaded sounds on the keyboard. So yeah, they're great, but they don't all resonate the same way they did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, but you're that not Ruff, wrong. Rough Riders Anthem, though, man, that's the Rough Riders Anthem's different. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you like? If you had to vote, you're saying Jay Z is 98. He caps 98. I say 98 and 99. I say 99 too. Those two years, yeah. I don't know why people love to find these different stats to shit on Jay-Z. I know, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm a Jay-Z fan, don't get me wrong, but just DMX fucking you know, You know why? I, I, the reason why I'm curious about it is because I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my... my You're pers- biased and you want to hear what other... My perspective is that... It's different. New York, yeah. Like If someone says, yo, there wasn't a year that Jay-Z was running shit, I'd be like, yo, you're fucking crazy. But then when I see like some of... yeah, When I see their argument, I'm kind of like... I, I could see what, shit. Well, I, well, like if I was in like fucking North Carolina, or if I was down south, or if I was on the West Coast, I could see what yeah. they were saying and being like, "Yo, I can maybe see what you're saying." Like, but why in, this but is in New York, Jay had like a good yeah. five. Six but I would, run. yeah. But I would never like change it. I would never want their experience. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I <laughs> I would still want my New York experience when Jay Z was just killing. Yeah, man. Here's 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 my question. In 2001, when Michael Jackson dropped. His album. Who got the feature for the album? Jay. 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 Jay and Eve were the only people who got features, rap features for his album. Mm-hmm. I mean, remixes too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, of course. And some of the best remixes ever. Yeah. I used Fuck. to love that. I, I I love playing that Michael Jay Z remix. That I still love. Trackmasters. Trackmasters. Yeah. <laughs> Killed it, man. Yeah. They, they really did. That's a that's a dope later Trackmasters. Definitely. And then the, the Jay Z Maya at the same time that was Trackmasters. Yeah, kill that shit. Crush that. That mm-hmm. shit knocks. Yep. And you know, no one even talks about the remix of Butterflies with Eve. That was well, that so was a good. Classic, yo. That was huge. And it's funny. It was really big. It was really big. But the I feel like the original is the one that ended up standing the test of time. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason. But the, the, yeah. the remix was so hip hop. You know, they sampled uh, the Redman tonight's tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it was they sped it up. It was mm-hmm. knocking. You ever heard that one? No. It's so good. Wait, you yeah. haven't heard that? No. 
How you're the young one again? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta play him. But man. I feel like that was probably something that only got ran in fucking in New, York. New York. Nah, that was a big in DC. Really? Oh, yeah. Eve not was, in LA though. That shit was not getting over there. They didn't play the Eve Michael Jackson, no. you don't think? They they would play like the real top forty shit. Like the dipset, the jaw rule, all that shit at that time. It was running radio. Power on the Six was playing on it. See, this is what like fascinates me when I like talk to other motherfuckers about what happened in the last twenty to thirty years in hip hop, and their their perception of what happened is like completely different. Yeah, to LA, Dipset was the biggest thing. Like, wait, Dipset was a big thing. Yeah, oh, it was huge. Like Dipset was fucking huge in LA. See, that's funny. I wouldn't have thought that yeah. Dipset but was huge. In we LA. didn't have anything in from. 99 to 2005 when he told me like the game was until the game yeah the yeah. game was fucking our but when Jesus i talk hero. When, when i talk to him about the game like from a new york standpoint i i don't really take like the game seriously as an actual artist in the you way know? that you think west coast people do that west coast, i, I, I know, found right? that east coast people sleep on the game big time probably the game has the game has three albums that are fucking crazy. Documentaries one. And the first three are just LAX is two of them. Really fucking good. The other one is good. And then even since then, in the many on every album he has at least a handful of fucking absolute slappers. Yeah. And we just New York just I'm not saying they don't like fuck with him. I think New York fucks with him. There's they just don't two. appreciate him as like a an iconic sort of artist. There's been two LA rappers that that um New York has taken in in the past 20 years, and it was Kendrick and Game. Those are the two only ones. I think my only gripe with him is that first album is a 50 Cent album. Because of the singles? Because all the singles, yeah. and it was just like... That well, was, it was 50's album, for that sure. That was 50's album. And mm -hmm. I feel like after that album, like I was just like, where, where was his sound? And he well, he to, lost like, Dr. Dre. He yeah, he had to re, and then he had to reestablish this whole sound. So I felt like he really kind of like... They, he like skipped the classes. Like, you know, like, he got, like, kind of, I don't oh, know. Oh, fast like, pass, for sure. Yeah, he got a fast pass, and then he was just, like. But now now go back and look at the things he did in that time after when he kind of had to rebuild up, and he did the free, the 9,000-hour freestyles. 3,000 miles of running. And and he did the, um, even if you go back to literally his last album and go through and listen. You know, listen, game albums are tough because there'll be 25 songs and 19 features and, like, shit like that. They're, like, mixtapes almost. Is that the one with Celebration? No, that's Jesus Peace. Okay. Jesus like, piece has joints on it. Yeah, that one has like the two chains record, the Umbaye, whatever it's called. And I like this. I like the really commercial singles. No, like Big Sean and Wayne or something. Uh, yeah. Lady. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, Lady was fucking great. Like he listen. Game can make records. Game makes complete. He <laughs> He's can a make, good artist. Game's one of the few artists who can make very complete songs. He's been doing it for a very long time. You know, like, and. I don't know. And when you see game, there's also some people that you just have to give respect to sort of the space they take up. Like you see the game out. Game is a the scary motherfucking much. game is here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, and you're like, not just like he's scary and posing. Yeah. He's a star too. Like you're just like, oh shit. I, you'll be like, if you, you see the game tonight out in the club, you'll be like, yo, the yeah. game's a bigger deal than I remember him being. Like, <laughs> Bro, he's like six, four, six, five. And he's like, Built. Like, that motherfucker will beat people up. I yeah, because like I, I'm impressed that you guys listened like to his his catalog that thorough. No, yeah. I listen you know, to a lot of West Coast shit. Well, like yo, yo, uh, like yeah, I'm surprised the hit is. Yo, but fam, like honestly, if I had to think of one one song outside of the first album, Game's first album, it's just that one blood joint. That's uh, the only thing that resonates. You couldn't get far. Couldn't get far. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. get far. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, right, but Pete that's is, a Kanye song. But that's the thing about Pete. Yeah. Like he listens to the shit nobody else listens. <laughs> nah, that's not a Kanye. That's not a Kanye. That's like song. a Kanye song, and he was like, "Yo, game, you, you know, you, you got fuck this. with this." 
And then he just hopped on it. That was just like, yo, let me just hop on it mm-hmm. on this Kanye track. But like right I was cool. saying, like Pete is the one that's gonna listen to those shits and put them in the forefront and put them in front of you and be like, yo, this is cool. To, to listen to and that's that's the shit well and I mean I do it with the artists that have earned it from me I'm not saying I do it these days cause like I don't no but in the, but the early 2010s oh you were, yeah I was still checking forefront yeah you were, like, you were putting on Action Bronson on the radio Danny Brown like all these people that nobody would have gave a chance to I appreciate that yeah so there was, that's, you're not wrong so I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm saying like, say I'm it. not surprised that he knows all this shit about the West Coast I fucked it honestly the game won me over on the first album with West Side Story that mm. song that was always my favorite that's a great, but that's that's a great that's a 50 record though yeah, that was, that was such a fifty. He's on the hook. That was such a fifty record, kind of. And that was such a great Dre track. Yeah, yeah. but that it's not. Wait, knocks. but wait, hold on. Fifties part of the chorus is uh, West Side. You know what the joke That's yeah, the that's first the, single yeah. of the album, yeah. right? Yeah, but I always think of the the game part, the crit blood. Yeah, essays, Asians. Asians. I mean, that, Puerto that's, Ricans. That's, like, that's 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 game. Yeah, <laughs> he's shouting out everybody, name dropping. That's what he does. Classic I'm telling game. you that that first game album is it's tough, man. Because he had a Mary J. F- it has Fifty right. Cent's. Oh, I forgot Mary J. on there. Yeah. That was a good. Right? Hater to love it. Nate Dogg. But, but, yeah. but who cares? Like, why is that a why? Why do you score less because you have a dope executive producer who's also an artist? Because with you could hear like just Fifty was on fire. Like the way he put choruses together and it, and the tracks that he picked. I mean, Gary I just think he, it was I mean, like, we, do, you, do you also say, like, well, I mean, J. Roo's first album, let's be honest, it's basically a gangster album. Which one? Oh, both. Reasonable? Wait. <laughs> I mean, both both J. J. Roo albums. Oh, J. Roo. J. Roo. I heard you say Jay Z. I No, like, that, that's like, the, you know, do we not count, like, the J. J. Roo album for him? Because it's really, it's a DJ Premier album or the group home album. He's got a, it's all produced by Premier. He's got a guru feat. They got a guru feature on there. Yeah. They have this. I mean, like, I hear you, but I don't know that people should be punished because, like, if we go through the list of who came out with a lot of ill cosigns, well, it's not the cosigns. See, like, J. Ru had a, a you know premier gangstars producer. I feel like the game's first album was like co-written. It was basically like ghost written by by Fifty. And then Fifty was on like four cuts. Yeah, he, on that album, and he he like he put the hooks together. He and all those songs was released. That's yeah. Single, so so for me, I think it's almost like you know when they were accusing Drake of having like a ghostwriter and helping him with like hooks and shit. Yeah, I feel like Game had like the best ghostwriter or the best fucking hook writer, hook writer, writer. and beat picker, and he was just like, everything was handed to him on a silver platter, yep. and it's like, yo, just put verses in the middle of this shit. And not only that, 50 was like the hottest rapper out at that time. Yeah, he, but that's, yeah, he, he, he was hitting. Lose. Everything he was on was crazy. Every, yeah. every song that he was a part of on that game album was insane, mm-hmm. and all of those songs were originally intended for the massacre, Yeah, yeah. and he gave it to game anyway. Did so for hear? me, I'm like, Game to me didn't really prove himself till the game says he wrote you know, "What Up, Gangster." <laughs> he uh, says that. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I might. I, I don't know. Is that true? <laughs> that's what he said. He just said that. Yeah, a but game says so much crazy. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> oh, I can't. But believe think about it. it. All of these stories, to some degree, are going to be about who you want to believe, who wrote the yeah. history book. And in right. the case of Fifty, it's the ultimate case of the winner writes the history book, right? Like Fifty's written every history book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, for me, I hear it. I hear it in that game first album. 
That was like that could have been a G Unit album. Yeah, and like I mean, Tony G-Unit, Ayo could have been on that. G Unit album was saying? crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, the G Unit album has fire. That but that's G- all the more yeah. reason you should go back and listen to game shit later, because that's the part that makes you on your New York. Oh, shit. If, if you want me to listen to a game album, which one? The second and the I third. I would say one? LAX is probably the LAX one. is good. LAX. Uh, but yeah. honestly, I would I, honestly I've enjoyed his last couple. So the Doctor's Advocate is a reach because he's trying to find himself. But LAX is pretty good. Another thing, he's a Little Wayne feature. My life is on there. Uh, here's a few actually. Yeah, but he, nothing's gonna beat that first one. All right, for you, Peter. Especially, especially for you, especially if you're like, if, you know, <laughs> when you're a New Yorker who yeah. wants to hear. I mean, it may not, it may not hit the same way, but <laughs> for you, Peter, I'll check. Give it, it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the game. Okay. Um, you're not gonna go see Usher right here. I'm going to see Usher tomorrow. Oh, oh that should be fun. Uh, go to the after yeah. party. He usually goes and hangs out too. Yeah, and you, it's yeah. super dope. Have you guys been to the show yet? Cricket house. Cricket, yeah. Was it good? It's great. It's great. Is it just like, is it just a straight up, like at first when I saw things about it, I thought it looked like a Vegas show with like, like that looked different. Is it just a straight up concert? It's a straight up concert, but it's just like the way he puts it together, it's like a, it's He's like a ride through Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, but it's not seated. It, like, is it like a, it's like a regular arena viewing no, experience? It's, it's, it's like not a like a, it's, it's, it's like a small, it's like the MSG theater. You oh, know it's what more I'm like saying? a theater. Yeah. So when I see videos of everyone standing up close, is that more up close? And as it goes up, is it more like a regular sort of deal? Or it's just as the show goes on, people start standing up? I think everyone's just kind of sitting. But it's a fucking party. Like uh, DJ Mars DJs the beginning. And it's, he's just like dropping all these 2,000 hits. Everyone's dancing. They're singing to Get Low. And then the, the concert starts. And it's just like one of the, it's just like a, a big party. It was one of the most entertaining concerts I've been to. Like well, I'm you gonna, just got me excited for it. I'm gonna say like <laughs> like production budget wise, it's not like the craziest shit. But his catalog and the way he performs it is just like yeah, you forget how many songs. He yeah, has. yeah, you just like that's the, that's the thing I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to is yeah. the times when I'm like oh shit this and this and this like it's not like I like live my life as a huge Usher fan, mm-hmm. but it's like he's so as DJs he's such like a ubiquitous part of your life yeah. that you just kind of like enjoy yeah, of course and yeah. on the record is uh it's a dope ass club too it's nothing yeah. it's where's on the record again across the hall from the theater oh literally right there it's in the yeah. same building park mgm mm-hmm. yeah, got yeah. it yeah yeah these guys dj uh, at otr at on the record yeah so like if you know they've yeah. done they've done the usher after parties a they're bunch fun of times. as fuck bro yeah yeah, yeah. oh weren't okay yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. never had bet. never was dj one get time. you vip access just hang out in the dj booth you won't be in the crowd you'll be nice and safe and yeah. you know you're bothering the dj start yeah. requesting yeah. shit <laughs> And it's cool because like you have like Brian Michael Cox will get on and he'll start DJing out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And oh then, really? Like, What's he like as a DJ? Just good selection. Um, no, but you you want to check out the vinyl room. That's where it pops people love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they don't let everybody in there. Yeah. And then um, like that's when Usher will go there and he'll just fucking hang out and then you'll hear like classics or like you know old throwbacks. And there's vinyls on the wall it's and everyone's cool. just singing along. It's like a, it's like a house party inside. Like a very small, intimate house party. It's probably the size of this room. Actually, that's just, that's just probably going to rain tomorrow because the night before the fight, it might might actually be popping off tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. it'll be oh, yeah, it'll be right, fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like you have Usher. Like Neville was DJ one time, and Usher started singing to him, requesting the song <laughs> yeah. by singing it to him. <laughs> and it was a funny name that, that sounded nuts at first, but now I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you even like there's a video of him going like, "Hey man, do you have a blah 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 blah?" <laughs> and then you Neville's know? like, "I got you." I had like a mini concert. <laughs> And I recorded it. I was but like, it sounds like you can't understand what he's saying, but you're like, yeah, yeah, But he's I like got singing it. to never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and were, you able, were you able to figure it out every time? Yeah. I was like, I got you. I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. What, what era was he going to? 
He was like, um, you remind me, Patrice Russian. Um, because you were in that era, so he just yeah. kept. He oh, was oh, like, oh, got it, got he it. He was playing like, like all the, the classics. 80s, 80s from Van Charles. Yeah, yeah. Because these guys, are you playing Serato? You playing vinyl? Serato. That yeah. was Serato now, but it was a vinyl in the beginning. But well, um, that's Sip how Tommy. the Anderson Pack like DJing thing started in this vinyl room at on the record. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he yeah. just hopped on. So like they were playing vinyl, and he just started hopping on and wanting to play vinyl. And uh, Eddie McDonald, who's like the entertainment director there, yeah, was handing him records. And then it just became this a thing after their um, uh, Silk Sonic uh, shows. So then everyone's like Anderson Pax DJing, and then all these videos started going out. And then he was like, "Yo, like I'm DJ Peewee. I'm DJ Peewee now." And then all of a sudden, he's doing festivals and shit. Yeah, like yeah. How, is he super out of here right now as a DJ? Huh? Oh yeah. Is, I didn't even know. Is he super out of here right now as a DJ? He's just at Coachella. He's, yeah. 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 He's going back to Coachella. They called him back for this weekend again to do. He did the Met Gala. Yeah. Yeah, he did all that. All these big That was like one of the first things. As soon as he came out, the Met Gala was like, hey, we want Pee Wee to DJ. They do do 45s a lot, so it's it's a a lot different. Yeah. And he's doing Serato sometimes or just only vinyl? All vinyl. Only vinyl. No Serato. Yeah. I mean, it's worth checking out on, you know, tomorrow night. Yeah, I fucking fucking move my turntables to my, uh, my beach house. And so I don't even have like my my vinyl turntables and and a lot of my records are now in my beach house. All right, what a flex a beach house. Yeah. No, that was the flex part. <laughs> I didn't even hear anything he said. I started wondering like where is the beach yeah, house? It's Hampton. <laughs> By the way, it's very it's very it's in New York. It's very modest. It's a very modest beach house. It's not that expensive. But I was like, oh, I want to set my turntables up here so it'll be like you know I can come out here and just like wild out. But now the annoying part is whenever I get a record. The only thing I have here comes the second flex. The only thing I have in my apartment is a jukebox. So if I want to change, if I want to hear the record, I have to fucking reload my jukebox. And all that's I heard, all I heard was jukebox. Yeah, I heard ju- and I thought about a jukebox in this house. No, the jukebox is the is my old. It's the only like real life flex I have is the jukebox. What, what songs you have in your jukebox? Um, it ranges from fucking you know, Bob James, take me to the Mardi Gras. Wow. That's a flex. The fucking- On oh, 45? Yeah, the promo. Oh, the promo. Ah, that's right, yeah. The promo 45. Yeah. It ranges from that to, you know, Bobby Caldwell, Open Your Eyes. A lot of sample. A lot of sample shit. To Paul Simon and fucking um, George Harrison, Oh Sweet Lord, and fucking David Bowie, Life on Mars. Mm-hmm. To like wow. Grease- Frankie Valley, you know, like just fun shit. Um, it's all over. It sounds dope, man. Yeah. Oh, it's the, it's the shit, bro. I, I'm telling you right now, I, mean, I don't want to tell other DJs to go get jukeboxes because I don't I don't need the market to get even worse, even though I doubt I'm ever going to need another one. But if you can pull it off, like you find one that's workable enough to get, it's such a fucking awesome DJ thing to have. Wow. Like it's just the, it's to me like the ultimate celebration of all of your love for it, even though it's a different era, right? Like even though we didn't truly grow up in the jukebox era mm-hmm. and I have a 1961 Rockola jukebox, like this is not anything I ever saw, Yeah. but just the fact that it's this display, like I got one that shows the play, like it has a turntable in the middle, the records go around it and then the records pop up, turn and play. And then the artwork is showing and shit. The art, not the artwork, but the label, the label, yeah, so yeah. you can see the label of the record. Um, it's just such a fucking lovely wow. piece. Like it's just, it's always fun. Like there's not a time. And when anyone comes over and sees it for the first time, uh-huh. no one's not stopping to be like, Yo, what the fuck is this? This work? 
I love that when people are like, this is working. I'm like, Conversation piece. Yeah, I got this shit in my house to have it not work. <laughs> now, then, then, then they'll be like, oh, I want to hear this. I'm like, that one doesn't work. <laughs> don't choose five. Yeah, don't hit C3. Yeah. C3 is not going to work. Go do D3. Actually, how you um, collect the 45s. That's how, that's, how the, uh, that's how the jukebox thing became a thing uh-huh. because um, I got so into the 45s and then I just like kept like being fascinated. And then I was like, I was like, four, well, I, as I thought about it more, I was like, oh, well, 45s, the purpose of 45s are jukeboxes. That's why they were making, it wasn't so, it wasn't because someone said, 40 years from now, Rich Medina is going to play an incredible <laughs> set. Like, that wasn't why this was happening. It was happening because they were putting these in jukeboxes in every fucking restaurant in the country. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, where the fuck are these jukeboxes? So I started like looking around. I spent like a good two years looking for the right one. Uh-huh. And then I found this one. And I, it was in LA. She had to ship it across Fuck. the country. Oh shit, Bruh, Jesus. That was a nervous couple of weeks where I'm watching the truck status, and then it got there, and some of the shit didn't work. I had to find someone on the East Coast who would fix it. Mm-hmm. They had to get a crane to get it in because Bruh. it wouldn't fit through the doors and the windows. It's close. <laughs> and 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 but then once I got it, it's like it's just so fun, man. Like you reload it. I have a. a, a an app where I can print the labels. You go like everything. That's my dope. shit's perfect. The labels are all perfect. Wow. Funniest thing is like people who don't understand records. Yeah. Well, oh, this is such a common question. They'll be like, so can you like choose the songs or it's just like stuck with those? I was like, no, you can replace the records. <laughs> they, they didn't come loaded with records there. You, you put the records in, but yeah, that shit's super fun. That's the dumbest. It's it's like the dumbest and best purchase I've ever made in my life. That's a flex. That is. That's a flex. I mean, the and by the way, if you were to look, I mean, listen, an average artist who's had one successful single single is wearing something more expensive on his wrist than my jukebox. But it is a flex, nonetheless. It's a cool thing. Conversation. (laughs) Wow. I don't have any watches. Got that all from appropriating hip hop. Yeah, Yeah, can you imagine? (laughs) And then I went, I went so far. I was like, let me appropriate the '60s culture too. Yeah, I I wasn't even there for this. Cipher sounds told us he's like, I told Rosenberg to start calling himself the culture vulture. Double down on that shit. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. he he does. He type does say that, and it is funny that like, if people start saying it, I do think it would be funny to put up like emojis of a vulture, like. (laughs) <laughs> like it is sort of funny you make merch and all yeah. that yeah. but you run too far with it and then all of a sudden <laughs> double down you get in trouble <laughs> no if for for me life is a it's a balance the whole thing is like I, I, I do always want to maintain like I truly I don't believe you can contribute to hip hop or get paid from it both of which I do and not actually care about the issues that surround it so while I make jokes about it I care about cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of one of the things that's annoying about when it happens to me is that it's like, it's not like what they're saying is necessarily all the way untrue. Mm-hmm. I can understand why you'd say what you're saying about me. You just don't have a full perspective of the picture because being a culture vulture is about taking. It's about, pick. it's a vulture. You're picking the bones. You're taking for yourself. Right. That's not the same thing as actively contributing all the time and also making money in exchange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they, people, I don't think, understand that like culture vultures come in all colors and shapes and sizes. You don't have to be white to be a culture vulture. Yeah. You have to be someone who doesn't care about the culture and is just leeching money out of it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So it's easy when there's someone obviously who's not quote of the culture to be like, that guy's gotta be a culture vulture. Right. But it's like, well, wait, 
do you know if he's committed to the culture? And do you know if he not only cares about the music? Because then you then you find the white people in hip hop that care about the music, but only care about the music. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the black and brown experience in America at all. Shit, they're straight up fucking Trump loving right wingers who listen to hip hop. Like mm-hmm. that does exist. So because of that, I'm also keenly aware that if you don't know my background and you don't know the things that I'm passionate about and the issues that I care about, you might just think I'm just here to like be about music and make my money and go home. And you don't know that like my belief system also aligns with my cultural interests. You know what I mean? It's like not to be that guy, but it's deeper than rap. It is like I I'm not connected to rap just because I love the music. I am connected to rap because I do care deeply, fundamentally, about all these things that go with the creation of rap. Black culture, racism, you know, injustice, all of those things tie together. And I do believe that if you are truly a contributor who cares about hip-hop, if you don't have a full understanding of those things, I'm at least looking at you somewhat sideways. I do think there's an obligation if you're a white person in hip-hop to take extra care. Yeah. You know, and that was yeah. in the end, that's why I ended up bonding so much with someone like a Mac Miller, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, oh, Mac isn't just an artist. He truly gets it. He Max level of giving back. If we were to go through the list of the amount of black artists whose careers took a huge level up because of their association with Mac, it's literally endless. Yeah. It's wild how many people he and he was aware of it. He wasn't doing it by accident. He knew that his whiteness was opening doors and he used those doors to have amazing artists who didn't look like him go through those doors. Schoolboy Q being one of them. Schoolboy Q, Vince, Earl, Tyler, SZA, like mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Rhapsody, the list of artists who opened for Mac. I'm forgetting mad people. Yeah. Like legends, people who are now legends in their own right mm-hmm. opened for Mac Miller mm-hmm. on tour because he just understood what he could do with that visibility. And to me, that's a responsibility of someone who's going to be white and making money from hip hop. Like what are you doing to also help others and put them on? Well, I mean, idealistically, it should be every artist, right? Responsibility Correct. to do that. No, no, that yeah. part too. That's that's the human yeah. the human responsibility, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think specifically racially, you have to understand the construct. Right. That like myself and Mac Miller, we didn't get in hip hop because we needed to and it was our only way to mm-hmm. you know, that was our only way to get out of the struggle. We chose to do it because we loved it. And we're like, oh, I have supportive parents. Like, I'm going to go pursue this. I think having that awareness of the privilege that comes with that requires giving it back. And I know in this age, people will hear that and call it like snowflake bullshit. But you're a fucking tool and you're an idiot. And you don't understand shit about the, the creation of this culture. Mm-hmm. Like, this only exists. Hip hop can only exist because of the horrifying racism of the United States. There is no hip hop without the the Bronx being in shambles in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Like that is, you cannot escape the, the actual pain and suffering of black folks in this country and how that impacted the start of hip hop. So to now just jump in and be like, I just love DJing and playing tunes. And that's the fucking shitty thing about your TikToks and your Spotify's and the way kids get music is now there's no need to learn about why it's here. It's just, I like I spice, you know, like that song's so cute. And that's, yeah, that's true. But now if you want to take it a step further and really make it a part of you, I do think there is an obligation to understand the history. This isn't, 
this music has a basis in things that are not just fun and parties. You know what I mean? Like the message being having the importance that it holds as a song, there's a reason for that. You know what I'm saying? Like the that's we when we voted for songs from that era, the message like crushed. And I thought that was interesting because when you think about it, the message of the message mm-hmm. is so important about hip hop. Yeah. The the idea of reporting all this shit that's out there. You know, I mean, at least for me, that, that that's how I got into it. I wasn't just like, oh, I like the beats. I was like, oh man, these NWA, they're saying some crazy stuff. What exactly are they? At first I was kind of scared by it. And then I'm like, well, what are they saying? Yeah. That was the first I ever heard about police brutality or anything like that. That wasn't an understanding that I had in the 80s as a white kid from the burbs. Anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox and go eat dinner. I appreciate yeah, you no. guys, though. No. <laughs> hey, yo, Peter, thanks so much for coming through, man. We uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming through, man. Yeah. Thanks for letting me talk my shit. Yeah, and anytime. Thank you for gracing <laughs> our microphones. Pause, you know, and coming through. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, Peter Thank Rosenberg. Thanks, guys. Thank you. DJ PMD. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.